The Wrestling Memory Grenade is proud to announce the launch of WrestleCopia brand and the WrestleCopia Podcast Network, which you can find over at www.wrestlecopia.com. That's WrestleCopia.com, WrestleCopia.com. You've probably heard me mention in passing all the way back to episode one of the grenade, the WrestleCopia brand. You may be asking, what is WrestleCopia? The name derives from the words wrestle for wrestling and copia, which is defined as having plenty or an abundance of. It's an abundance of wrestling history over at WrestleCopia.com as the podcast network gets up and running with a variety of podcasts. Everything from our show, The Grenade, to Monday Warfare, The Battles Within, an in-depth look and weekly breakdown of the entire Raw vs. Nitro War. The WrestleCopia News Network is a special feature podcast. We've done a couple pieces already in the Bullet Bob Armstrong special and more recently, What a Rush, a tribute to Road Warrior Animal Peace. You can expect more late-breaking news, timely discussions, and tributes to the fallen legends on future episodes of WCNN. We've also got other podcasts being prepped for their debuts, including a territory-based show we like to call The Money and the Miles. There's an old saying in the world of professional wrestling that nothing in this business is real except the money made and the miles traveled. In this podcast, we discuss the territory era with shows focusing on everything from show reviews to yearly breakdowns to episodes focusing on some of the rare, lesser-known territories and outlaw promotions of yesteryear that remains an enigma. Stop on over to WrestleCopia.com for all the latest shows and follow us on Twitter at WrestleCopia. That's on Twitter at WrestleCopia for all the latest news and information on the podcast network. Turn it on and rip the knob off. Hey guys, welcome back to the Wrestling Memory Grenade, episode 30, another milestone, and it's also, well, not only is 30 a milestone, but it's the final watch-along of 1989 in the NWA, it's Starcade. I'm your host, Ray Russell, joining me, Steve Eckstat, for one final watch-along here in 1989. Welcome back, Steve. Glad to be here. It's the last one, man. Are you Maybe glad it's the last, last one, one, or are you just glad that you get to do another watch-along? Uh, <laughs> oh no! Don't don't take too long. <laughs> Neither. Uh, okay. No, I'm oh. uh, <laughs> both. <laughs> uh, I'm, you know, I get bored with things, so I'm just ready to. I'm kind of ready to move on to our next uh, booklet. I think we've seen everything we would need to see uh, out of NWA 1989. I don't want to shortchange the last three weeks here, last four weeks. I'm kind of ready to get on to the next thing. All right, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I've just uh, been so excited over the last couple of months of booking, though. It's really felt like a new promotion, so it's been pretty exciting, uh, some of the stuff they're finally finally giving us. Of course, at the end of 1989, but it's been a hell of a journey, and we're not quite done yet. Next week, we'll be back with the final three weeks of NWA TV news and notes, so make sure you're back here for episode 31 next week when we talk all about the final. We're going to close out 1989 in the NWA, and then, of course, the week after that, the special recap and rewards ceremony edition of the grenade for 1989 and the NWA. Also, that's when we're going to announce our next promotion, our next year that we're going to be dealing with here on the grenade. But for right now, we're stuck here with the watch along. And I can never complain when we got a watch along in front of us. Unless, of course, maybe when there's a 30-minute street fight involving Sting and Booker T versus the Road Warriors. But that's another story for another day. For anyone that uh, picks up our Patreon, you get what I'm talking about over at Uncensored 96. 
Thankfully, <laughs> we're only at Starcade 89. Future Shock. Did you know, Steve, this is originally entitled Night of the Iron Man, which they continued to use in the aftermags and whatnot, but actually it was the NWA that got shut down after they already put this in the press because it was after the fact that they found out that this was already trademarked. Typical NWA, wouldn't you say? <laughs> What's the trademark argument? Was it Marvel? Was it uh, Ozzy? Who was it? I'm not sure. I just know Night of the Iron Man was already trademarked after they decided to use it, before they decided to check, and uh, they were told, nope, can't use it. <laughs> so just uh, uh, more of the same for the NWA. They, they come in this way, and we're going out this way. Ask for forgiveness later, I guess, right? I suppose. Well, they, they didn't even get a shot. That's how the <laughs> WWF pulled things off. NWA just it didn't work out so well here. On behalf of the Wrestling Memory Grenade and the Copia brand, we are proud to announce our very own Patreon account. We encourage everyone to stop on over to patreon.com slash WrestleCopia and check out an amazing 14 tiers. And depending on your budget, we have everything from as little as a $1 tier to as much as a $100 tier. Get you all sorts of exciting offers. It really all depends on what offer you value the most. You can do anything from join Steve and I right here as co-hosts for an episode of The Grenade, all the way down to unedited versions of the show, early access to upcoming episodes, beat everyone else to the punch, see what we're saying before everyone else gets to hear it, plus my insanely detailed show notes, which I value ever so dearly. You can even pick the flick. And what that means is, if you subscribe to one of our You Pick the Flick tiers, you'll tell us, me and Steve, what show it is you want us to review. It can be a watch-along on the WWE Network, YouTube, Daily Motion. It can even be a live review of a rare show from my personal archive vault of videos at home. No promotion, no territory, no era is off-limits. You can request anything from your favorite WrestleMania to an episode of 1982 World Class to the 60-minute classic between Jack Briscoe and Dory Funk Jr. from 1970s All Japan. Hell, if you want to put us through the misery, we'll even pull a mystery science theater over here and watch Hell Comes to Frogtown starring Roddy Piper. You tell us what you want us to review, and we'll do our own little watch-along and do our best to entertain you guys and give you guys insight in the process. And it doesn't end there. There's a $5 tier, the all-access tier. Not only do you gain access to everything on every lower tier, but you'll also have complete access to our entire full library of random show reviews and watch-alongs we've done and continue to do as a side project. We review everything from the Flare Steamboat 2 out of 3 fall match from Class 6, all the way down to the Halloween 1985 edition of Saturday Night's Main Event. It's a proverbial hodgepodge of randomness, as you never know what we'll review next. And it's exclusive to the all-access tier or any of the higher tiers over at patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. Check it out now. That address again is patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That's Wrestle C-O-P-I-A. So we're going to get you guys going. This is our final countdown show on the WWE Network. Hopefully. So, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> uh, if you guys are picking this up on the WWE Network, uh, they are open for business until supposedly April 4th. So hopefully that's where you're listening to us on. If not, they've migrated over to the Peacock. If you guys don't have a way to watch it, I don't know what to tell you. Pick it up on YouTube. Ask somebody on social media. Yeah, there, I said it. It's available out there. The WWE screwing you right now as it is and and... Peacock don't know what the hell they're doing as far as I'm concerned, but as far as migrating things over, you know, I, I know that the pressers out there say a lot of this stuff's not going to be completed and on Peacock until SummerSlam time for it. It's like five months. Unbelievable. But we're going to knock this out here. So I'm sure there's a way you guys can find a way. If you really want to watch this, you're going to find a way to watch this. But I really hope you guys are watching this on the WWE Network. So one final time, Steve, if you're ready, we're going to count them down and we're going to get going. I'm ready. 
All righty. It is Starcade 89 Future Shock. It's our final watch along the NWA 1989 series featuring an Iron Man tournament of four men round robin style and an Iron Teen tournament also round robin style. It's Sting and Muda. It's Luger and Flair. And on the tag team side, it's the Roadies, the Steiners, Doom, and supposedly the Skyscrapers. We'll have more on that as we get going. So I'm going to get ready to count you guys down. We're going to count you down right now. Get ready to press play in five, four, three, two, one. Press play. And we're going. And we're off, as they say, at the racetrack. And it's a, a bittersweet night here. As uh, it's it's sweet that we're going to be moving on and, and seeing some new things and, and fresh faces and whatnot. But it's uh, it sucks too. I hate to say goodbye when everything's really starting to really take off for the NWA here. As you've seen that brief ten second introduction there of a video that's unlike uh, most of the year here in the NWA, Steve. Yeah, usually they give us long, drawn-out, nice music to go with it, uh, videos. But this one, I mean, there, there's really nothing you can do uh, except show the participants and be done with it. And this is a national anthem. You've seen uh, Gary Michael Capetta in the ring there rocking a white tuxedo. This here is in the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia, the one building that has done the NWA pretty proudly here, at least for the last half half of the year. And even here as they've been drawn at least 13,000 on most of their shows. Unfortunately, between the issues they have with the booking, which was Jim Hurd deciding to make this a double round robin tournament of sorts, singles and tags, and no real uh, feuds other than the ones they had to create, or maybe there's a few feuds in in between Steiners and Doom or Flair and and Muda and Sting and things like that. But in general, there's not a a whole lot of heat going on. There's a lack of talent on the show. Not the guys involved, but just that's the only guys involved on the show. And so instead of drawing 13,000 at the house shows like they've been doing, this is the pay-per-view, Steve. 6,000 fans here in the Omni, if that doesn't tell you the tale, on a Wednesday night, December 13th here. About 5,200 paid at the gate. Unbelievable. That's, that's, that's brutal. I mean, it's uh, Wednesday's weird. Uh, you're about, a, about 12 days from Christmas. So, I mean... I know a lot. I know Christmas week's busy, and I, I know wrestling does extremely well historically on Christmas night, especially in the South. In those weeks and those things, so uh, I understand the historical significance of December, but at the same time, the thirteenth seems a little early. And I guess Vince had him by the nut, nuts there because of No Holds Barred. That was two days after Christmas, so if you and run late, you're going right up against that. If you it's, go early, uh, this is what you get. And this is Jim Ross being joined by Tuxedo Terry. Terry Funk has retired since Clash 9 after his I Quit match with Ric Flair. He'll be calling the singles matches with Jim Ross. And Jim Cornette joins Jim Ross for the tag team matches. Makes sense. Expertise in both. Cornette, of course, with the tag teams and Funk with the singles. So makes sense there, the dynamic. Yeah. Decent. A good idea here, I think. And we're going to take a look now at the point system for the first time. Pinfalls or submission victories. Give everyone 20 points. Count out victory is 15. Of course, disqualification, 10 points. And a draw, you get five. Of course, we were misinformed on TV. They told us a draw would be zero. A draw is five. And a loss, of course, is zero points. As we're going to get the introduction of the tag teams involved here, it's going to be, uh, they're going to pull some wool over some people's eyes. It was supposed to be the Steiners, the Roadies, Doom, and the Skyscrapers here. You'll see in a moment that is not the case. And uh, talk about, a ripoff 
<laughs> to some degree anyway. How cool does this look? How cool does Doom look here? <laughs> I love this. I love this entrance in the NWA. Oh, it looks great. They look awesome. The lighting, the I ramp, have, the the steps. I love this. The multi steps. Yeah. Yeah. They all look badass up there. All four teams. Yeah, and you'll see over to the left, and we'll get to them in a minute. So Doom in the center, and Woman looking great there. Well, there's Paul Ellering with the roadies. They got some uh, some chrome pads on tonight. Chrome shoulder pads there. Pretty cool looking. Going all out for their big pay-per-view. Up next, I think we're going to get the introduction of the, yes, the Wild Samoans. That is Fatu and Tama, the Samoan Savage. Samu has been suspended. And you might be asking, wait a minute, where the hell is Sid Vicious and Dan Spivey? We've covered that in the last couple episodes of The Grenade. Uh, Sid Vicious suffered a punctured lung, well, broken ribs and uh, punctured lung on the on behalf of the Steiner brothers back at the Clash. So they've known for a month that the skyscrapers weren't going to be here. And up until this point, they still haven't explained to anyone why the, the Samoans are up here and the skyscrapers are missing in action. Not until the match gets going do we learn what, what even transpired. That's pretty ridiculous. I, I was waiting uh, last week. I know I mentioned it where I was waiting for those two weeks of TV for them to announce it. Um, they never did. Uh, I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah, uh, I figured on the fo- I, I figured on the weekend going into it, we would get some kind of an announcement, even if it was just kind of a pre- quick press release or something across the bottom of the screen, a scroller or a Petticino button on the, on the syndicated show, but we got nothing. Yeah, they sold this all the way. So, oh, look at woman. Look at her. Woman, a oh, woman wants you to marry me now. And that, uh, what would you call that, purple? Purple dress? Looking good. Accompanied by Nitron. As Doom have lost the uh, coin toss here, they're going to be opening this thing up. And the opening match taking on the Steiner brothers. How apropos, they're feuding with the Steiners. The, the two tag teams that are feuding against each other get to kick the pay-per-view off. So at least there's a little bit of heat behind this first match here as Woman heads into the ring with her men. Nitron going to help her in or no? Guess not. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about buy rates here before this match gets going. Wrestle War, way back at the beginning of the year, did a 1.3 buy rate. We were concerned because the buy rates were really dropping heading into 89, thanks to George Scott and just booking overall. The bash, everything picked back up with a 1.5. So they went from 120,000 at Wrestle War to 140,000 at the bash. But Halloween Havoc really blew the roof off of everything. They went from a 1.5 at the bash to a 1.77. 175,000 paid for the pay-per-view Halloween Havoc. But that's where it ends, Steve. Starcade 89, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to blame the, the booking, the round-robin tournaments, as it drops off uh, immensely. It drops off all the way back to the Wrestle War number at the beginning of the year, a 1.3. Now the numbers are up a little bit, 130,000 instead of 120 because there's more more houses with pay-per-view at this uh, capability at this point in time, but still a 1.3 rating, a big drop from the summer and certainly a big drop from Halloween Havoc. But the good news is it is the lowest for nearly 2 years, not until Halloween Havoc 91 do they see numbers this small. So this is just kind of a a hiccup in the road and I, I would have to blame it mostly on the booking. Yeah, most likely. Hello. Howdy, howdy. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely, um, definitely the booking. Um, this doesn't sell. Uh, like, I don't know the WrestleMania four number, but at least the title was on the line. There was some importance to it. 
uh, it would this would even be better just a little bit if they even put something on the line like the winner gets something but they get it's nothing it's just to see who is the best like which nobody really cares about that um, and I, I'd even argue too WrestleMania four they had the Hogan and Andre storyline for those that were interested yeah. in that like you said the title was there there were not repeat guys out there unless it was, it was single elimination. It was normal uh, bracket style tournament. It was a normal tournament. And there was yeah. a lot of other matches on the card on top of that. I mean, they really stacked that show and I'm not putting it over. Like it was the end all be all of great wrestling that night, but at least you got a little bit of everything on the show. Whereas here it's, yeah. it's just the same guys over and over. And I'm not saying that some of these matches aren't pretty damn good matches. I, it's just the same guys over and over. No matter how good you are, if you, if you really don't want to be seen against each other, over and over and over again. Like I, I know I don't. So not on the same. And look at that empty. The empty seats in the middle, uh, facing the hard camera there. Hard cam. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't move them over and fill them up. That's an excellent question. I ask that every or time them, I see or, things like this here in the NWA. That would never happen <laughs> on the WWF. Yeah, there's a lights, lot of empty. Do something. Yeah, and that's uh, that plays into the six thousand out of the thirteen, fourteen thousand this arena holds at the very least. Rick Steiner uh, challenging uh, Butch Reed looks like now to get in the ring with him. Well, you ready to do a little fantasy booking? Talk about what we, what you might have done with the show instead of making it a round robin rules tournament. Maybe uh, just some regular matches that make sense here going into the coming out of the clash and coming going into the Starcade here. Absolutely, let's do it. All right. Well, I'm gonna. Oh, look at that, Butch Reed with a stone cold stunner. I don't think he intentionally did that, but boom, dropped Rick Steiner with the stunner there. It was nice. Yeah, it was. Uh, I kind of missed it. I was, I was looking boom. over. But, oh, look at that. <laughs> Overhead belly to belly, too. These guys are really uh, going at it right right away. Yeah, it's going to be fun stuff tonight, though. You, based on some of the teams involved, you know you're going to get some heavy-hitting matches. That's that's at least for sure. Rick sure does like to gyrate in front of a woman. <laughs> yeah, woman's got a lot of, lot of interest right now between Rick Steiner and Norman and just all yeah, kinds of... Yeah. Kind of solid behind the scenes. Well, sure. hit me with it, Steve. Give me some of your matches you would have liked to have seen here on the Starcade. Uh, I haven't really had a lot of time to think about it. Obviously, you got the big few with JTEX and the the newly banded Horsemen. So definitely, you want to do something with that. Um, I don't know. What What do you got? Well, I'm glad you asked. I wrote a whole card down right here. That's what I tried to do. I tried to fantasy book a card here, and now you could change it. You could take it. A few different ways. I, I kicked off the show with the Freebirds. Uh, yeah, I know. But I had to fill out the show, so you oh, had to yeah. do what you got to do. It's a way to get Brian Pillman on the show, on Steve. There. That's the way I got to do it. I would have put Pillman by himself. <laughs> <laughs> just, just Pillman walking around the ring. I got Pillman and Zink because they've been te- teaming up lately, taking on the Freebirds because they've, they've done a little storyline on main event and whatnot and singles matches and stuff. Zink came in and helped Pillman during a, a double team by the Birds and stuff. I thought that made sense. It would follow up on uh, that. That's just your opener. Nothing fancy there. Just give Brian Pillman a win some way, shape, or form. I got Dr. Death taking on Dan Spivey, and the reason for that is we knew Sid wasn't going to be here for a month, so in my world, I would have announced that a while ago, Steve, and I would have kind of parlayed, as Teddy Long would say, Dan Spivey into this position because Norman's turned babyface. I would have had Spivey take out Norman. We know Dr. Death was Norman's buddy. I would have rather seen Dr. Death in this match than Norman, so that's why you get Doc and Spivey against each other. And then maybe Norman comes in. It's Norman's revenge. Maybe he comes in and does something silly on the outside and costs Spivey. Then Dr. Death goes over. Another undercard match. Nothing nothing big there. Just two big names. Find a way to get Spivey on the show, even though Sid's out. 
Doc makes sense too. You, you have Norman take the beating, maybe do the Norman and Spivey stuff on TV. I don't really care what you do with Norman there outside of, I, mean, I think he's on this show somewhere. He wanders around in a Santa Claus outfit, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much where I would have, what I would have done there. A uh, Midnight's and Dudes, I think writes itself. I think that absolutely needed to be on here. The blow off, I would have gave the Midnight's the win, obviously. I, I would imagine you'd agree there. Uh, putting that on this pay-per-view just makes sense. Yeah, it definitely does make sense. It feels like it's been relegated to TV only. And, uh, that it just had getting on the pay-per-view, the biggest pay-per-view of the year for your team, for your company. It'd be nice to get that on there. Nice. Get the blow off there. Absolutely. And I got a couple of options here in the middle of the card. I wrote, I could do Brian Pillman versus Buzz Sawyer, which I think would be a hell of a fucking match. I mean, I think it would be a hell of a match with Ole and Gary Hart, maybe handcuffed to one another. Do have the dragon master do a run in. And this is where we actually see Arn Anderson's return. Not on TV. Remember Gary Hart kind of shot on Ric Flair booking saying, I wouldn't have debuted Arn Anderson until the pay-per-view. I, Steve, wouldn't have debuted Arn Anderson until the pay-per-view. And I think that's what I would have done there. Pillman and Buzz would have had a tremendous match, and then we go into the the, the nonsense at the end, and then that's when Arn comes back, and boom, the crowd blows up, and I think it would have been a good time. Scotty inverted atomic drop here, and he goes flying over the top rope to the floor. Or, for those who want to follow the way everything was playing out on TV, you could do Arn Anderson versus Buzz Sawyer here, which equally a great match, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. Either one of those would work. I think if you do, if you want Arn to debut or come out, I would, I kind of tend to agree with Flair here. I would uh, I would have Arn come in on TV and then give him a match. That way you can kind of sell the pay-per-view on seeing Arn Anderson's return to the NWA. And that's the way I, I initially booked it, too. That's why I have Pillman in my opener and the Arn and Buzz Sawyer match, but I just thought of, I think I was just so salivating over the thought of Pillman versus Buzz Sawyer that I was trying to find a way to make that work on the show as well and still have Arn Anderson yeah. get involved somewhere. I would have done the Sting and Muda blow-off. I felt like we never really got a blow-off, and even though they've been going on for damn near the last half year, I think they deserved some type of a blow-off, some type of a gimmick match here, and I would have put Sting over, not necessarily for the TV title. Sting doesn't need the TV title here, but I might have done something like that. Might have also done Sting and Luger here, but I think I would have liked to have saved that for 1990. So I feel like Sting and Muda just kind of makes sense for this show, even though we've seen it before. I think so, too. Um, I think so, too. Now, we saw a match on Worldwide uh, a few weeks back. It was a four corners elimination match, just randomly. I thought they were trying something out there. This is where I would have kept the Iron Team tournament, or at least the elimination match. I would have put the teams in a, in a four corner elimination style match. Steiners and Doom and Roadies and obviously the Samoans. As Look at Nitron taking cheap shots on the outside. On Scott Steiner behind the referee's back. So I would have kept this whole round robin thing going on just in one single match. I think the fans would have appreciated that more. And I would have brought it down to the Steiners and the Road Warriors, and, and I would have gave the Steiners the win there. I agree with that. I can see that. You definitely want to establish them as the team going forward. Um, you know, those roadies have been working on a one year deal type deal. So, uh, I would take the rest of this time to get them over as your next top team. Uh, and remember, I, I'm calling this fantasy booking because I'm pretending like the Road Warriors would agree to just do a job here and just bow out and get nothing out of it. And uh, that's not necessarily the case here on, on the Starcade pay-per-view, but that's what I would have done. I thought it would have been a fun show. Samoans obviously probably out first, then Doom. I think I would have had the Doom defeat the Samoans. That would have been interesting. Ooh. Nasty backdrop on Scott Steiner there. 
I think I would add the Doom, take out the Samoans, and then maybe the Roadies take out Doom, and then the Steiners take out the Roadies. So everybody gets a win outside of the Samoans, who weren't supposed to be here to begin with. Nothing against the Samoans, but they're not the skyscrapers. Definitely not. And then, boom, there's the spine buster. No doubt who's in the ring right now. That's Ron Simmons. One, <laughs> two, and Scotty barely kicks out. In my main event, I don't think you're going to argue with this at all. I have world champion Ric Flair defending the title against U.S. champion Lex Luger. Months ahead of the Ultimate Challenge WrestleMania 6, where we see the world champion Hogan and the Intercontinental Champion Ultimate Warrior, we would have done it back way back here in Starcade, Flair versus Luger. I think uh, we were building that. I don't know that Luger could go anywhere else but to the main event at this point to wrestle Ric Flair, and it would have been a nice culmination of what we saw last year at Starcade 88, only the, the roles have reversed. Luger's yeah. the heel and Flair's the face. So I thought it was a great storytelling if they could have went that way. I think so too. And uh, I would have been Jim Hurd and uh, gave the belt to Lex. I would have done it. And I know he wanted to. And there, Scotty just got dumped over the top rope for the second time illegally behind the ref's back once again. Doom doing a good job of working over. Scott Snyder's been taking the heat here for quite a long time. And I wasn't trying to take away from this match. I just know this match goes a bit of time and. We've got a lot of a lot more of Doom and the Steiners here tonight, so you're not missing on too much. Yeah. Oh, there you go. The old Sean El Matador bump from Mania 8 with the referee completely out of position. And I think that's Butchery kicks out immediately. Scotty held that rope as he was getting brought back in the ring and fell on top, but the ref was nowhere near. Not another pile driver. You speculated that might have been what took Butchery out for a, for a week or two not too long ago, that uh, botched pile driver he gave. Yeah, definitely could have been. Uh, I know he was wobbly afterwards, and the match fell apart with the match that he was in. So, definitely a possibility. But I like your I like your Starcade. It would have been a lot better. Probably would have topped Halloween Havoc. Oh, this and is I belly can't. To belly. I think a lot of this writes itself. A lot of it makes sense. Uh, some of it's a little bit of fantasy, but some of it makes just makes the the best sense. And this is probably yeah. what we would have got to some degree had it not been for Jim Hurd demanding the. The Iron Man rules uh, come into play here. Rick Steiner gets the hot tag, though, so we didn't miss a whole lot because we're we're into the hot tag now. And Steiner on... Ooh, that's Steiner line, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Would you have pulled the trigger on Luger? Would you would have done it? I think you would have to. I think... Oh, nice power slam by Rick as well. I think you have to. I, I don't know that... I, I can't say he's not ready for it. I don't know that I want to pull the trigger here. I think I would have saved it for the next pay-per-view after this, but I wouldn't end this show with a, with a bullshit finish. And Rick just sends... Boom! Another Steiner line. Yeah, I, it just would have been the culmination of his year. Uh, it would have been like the cherry on top, because I'm not going to give away anything for our reward show, but um, I really do feel like he... Outside of Ric Flair, <laughs> standing clothesline. Uh, oh my god, <laughs> he was the guy uh, of '89. It, it, it's hard to give it to like Funk and Steamboat as the second, you know, because they just they worked three matches with Flair, and that was pretty much it. Um, whereas Luger did everything. He he went a bunch of different people. Uh, it was right there and. Really, oh. just really, really. Look at the crowd, though, dude. <laughs> I didn't mean to small, cut you dude. off, but I, I, I love Rick Steiner forcing a seven-foot Nitron to take a bump on that Steiner line. I don't think Nitron was going to bump, so I had to pop when I saw Rick's like, you're bumping, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's, Look at the crowd, though. That crowd's hot. Yeah, for who's there. And I, I mean, 6,000 people still a lot of people. It's not like they're dead, but uh, unfortunately, it's, it's, like it's that metal half portion full. filled in. Uh, it looks like that metal section forced. And we got a bell in. call. 
here we go. Very first match on the show, and we, we're already out of pinfall. Looks like the Steiners. Steiner's going to pick this one up, a win for, I think, on a count out. I think Rick Steiner yes. got back in the ring just in time. So Doom loses. That's zero points for Doom. And I think a count out's 15 points for the Steiner brothers. This yep. match number one concludes. And we're going to move into the introduction of the singles guys, I believe, next after this one. But that was a fun opening match. Doom, though, do a job. That's uh, kind of early in their stay to be doing jobs out here. Obviously by a count out. So protected a little bit at this point in the show anyway. There you see Steiner just kind of looking down at Nitron. Who the hell are F you? you, dude. You're yeah. eating this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this, that's the other problem with this this tournament. Uh, you got a team like Doom who just kind of came in, and then obviously uh, we'll get to it, I'm sure, but Gray Muda, who's undefeated, but you have him in a tournament where he has to wrestle three times, and uh, you can't let him win all of them unless you're going that route, and we all know he hasn't been booked to even be coming anywhere near winning this tournament. So uh, you, you put yourself in a corner with some of these guys that you've been protecting all this time. Yeah, and, and as, the, um, as the show go on, as the show goes on, I'll um, I'll mention some of the comments that Jim Cornette's made and things in regards to the common sense of the booking going into this. Not not necessarily just because it's round robin style, but because of what has to transpire. There's at least one guy out of the four that's going to have to take some losses to really help the other guys get over. And that's not good. And especially when you have all of your top teams or all of your top singles guys in one night, uh, wrestling these matches, yeah. somebody's going to look like a loser coming out of this. And boy, do they, Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? Like you can't have lower tier talent in the tournament because then your whole tournament shit, but then you, you get them in the tournament and it's like, okay, we can't job these guys. Like, Somebody's going to have to be the, the fall guy, and um, it's unfortunate who it is. And uh, I remember watching this, and I know Doom just comes in, and they have, like, no points, but the SST have points, and they're not even supposed to be on the show, and it, it didn't make any sense to me. I, it, it made zero sense to me. Um, the idea is nice, but this isn't real life uh, as far as a tournament thing. It's not like March Madness. It's... Uh, it's a booking committee. It's a booking thing. And you can protect these guys and keep them all over and keep them all where they need to be. And you totally ruin that by doing something like this. It's a work. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to get back into that later too, as far as what Cornette said in regards to the tag team and, and the Samoans and whatnot. Anyway, that, that particular tournament later on, but here we are, we see everybody. It's uh, there's, there's Ric Flair. All four guys have been announced. Now it's Flair and sting Muda Lex Luger. We just saw, so we have the world heavyweight champion, the United States heavyweight champion, the television champion, and then Sting, who's the most popular wrestler, undoubtedly, of the year as well, and easily one of the top-tier athletes as well in the company. So I can't really argue that these guys are the top four baby, or not baby, the singles wrestlers at this point. Yeah, there's no arguing. <laughs> the, the guys here, absolutely not. I mean, if you're going to do a tournament, these are the four you're picking. And I think... Uh, we got Sting and Luger in this match. So this is we're going to kick things off right away, single-wise anyway. Sting and Luger, who have been kind of feuding as of late. They've been former friends, now foes. Luger's kind of uh, taunted Sting. He destroyed his trophy at the Clash. He 
lured him in during that, that bout with Brian Pillman and uh, another squash match on World Championship Wrestling and tried to get the one up on Sting, but he hasn't been successful yet. At least not since the clash. And this is going to be a fun one for sure. This is one of those few matches where the guys kind of vowed revenge or they're looking for revenge. Uh, so they, they were very smart in that sense. They start off the Steiners and Doom, which is probably the biggest feud of anything going on right now on this show that I can think of. And then Sting and Luger, they've kind of rekindled their issues as of late. So that's, uh, that's your next, next one up. Sting going to get a chance to exact a little revenge here against the total package, perhaps. Of course, no titles on the line. Luger rocking those neon greens again. I like his paint tonight. I like that multicolored uh, face paint Sting has going on in this particular match. I'm assuming he keeps the, the same one all night. I don't really know. I don't know that he has time to change, <laughs> change up the face paint in between the matches here. Luger already stalling. Going to eat up that 15 minutes the best he can. Nick Patrick telling him, let's get going. Luger, man, he's uh, been given a lot of uh, fun things to do on, on TV ever since he's <laughs> gotten rid of Tommy Rich. Not just Brian Pillman, the stuff with Dick Murdoch, the stuff he's doing with the job guys even. Stinger going to chase him down the hallway, uh, aisleway. Sorry. Luger's going to leave. Yeah, sure. That's what you're going to do. You're going to piss away your points <laughs> just starting out here at Starcade. Stinger going to bring the total package back to ringside up against the apron and right back into the ring they go. Sorry about that, dude. My, my son was having a nervous breakdown, so I had to go take care of that. But yeah, I heard, you, heard what you were saying about Luger, and yeah, he's definitely – doesn't matter who he's in the ring with. Uh, he's been putting on a show. Jobbers. I mean, he's mixing it up. I know there's one match where he did nothing but suplexes, like three different ones in a row. And then the clothesline on Pablo Crenshaw, I think it was. And then, obviously, he's been he's been selling for some of these guys, too, dude, taking hit Ooh, tosses. and Oh, Stinger catches himself. Spot there, by Sting there. Ducks the clothesline. So, oh, Sting going to take Luger down. Yeah, these guys are ready to go. And a bomb's the way splash. It just feels like Luger is, uh, once he turned heel, he bought in completely. And he's like, I'm going to do everything I can to get myself over. And, like, look at that. Like, the selling there. Like, he would never do that before. Or after. So, I think he's actually (laughs) fully committed to his character and his gimmick and to wrestling at this point. I know there's a lot of, like, he just did it for a paycheck and things like that. It just feels like he's bought in right now. And these guys, of course, being friends, they're really already uh, selling well and, and doing some fun things uh, against one another. Sting there with that slingshot splash into the ring. You don't see that from Sting too often. As Luger trips him up in between the ropes, and they're out on the floor. Yeah, this is uh, this is a great way to start off the singles, anyway, for sure. Especially after Sting's been looking for revenge for a few weeks now. He's going to get his chance here. Going with the neon green, huh? Yeah, I was, uh, was curious. I don't think Sting has time to change his face paint. I like his uh, colors tonight, too, the multicolored thing he's got going on. Nick Patrick yeah, trying to get these guys back in there. Come on, guys. We need a pinfall. That last match was a count out. Let's get a finish here. 
Luger already. Oh, bump on the floor. Holy balls. Luger going to take bumps <laughs> on the floor? Yeah, he didn't even do this when he was the champion. I mean, he took his belt and went home after his contract was up. Well, or his business, dates were business, up. Right? he's a businessman, right? Business first. Of course. He's never going to work more than he has to. Well, I think Sting pulled the same shenanigans during the Crow era, so, I mean. Yep. He learned from the best, I guess, right? <laughs> Crossbody, one, two. Sting, <laughs> ooh, Sting almost had an early win there. They were going to beg Sting off and Luger were just uh, Classic doing it before it was cool. You know, like uh, Sean and Brett did it after <laughs> the WrestleManias where they didn't get their way. They took their ball and went home and hung out. Sting and Luger was doing that way ahead of his time. <laughs> Sting's got Luger going to finally, maybe Luger gets some offense here. Nope, Sting's still on top. Well, this might do it. Oh, no, I, I take that back. Every time you think Luger might get some heat on Sting, it's Sting right back at it. They're doing a good job of Luger trying to get the, the one-up on Sting and failing every single time. They've uh, really planned this match out pretty well. You know Sting's carrying it. Well, that's for sure. You know, Meltzer gave that Doom and Steiner's match two and a quarter stars. I thought that was, based on the finish, I'll, I'll agree with him there, I guess. This match, we'll have to wait and see what uh, what you think at the end of it. You may you may skew the uh, the rating because Lex Luger's involved, but not I. I'm not going to skew no ratings just because of who's involved. I don't do that. I have my fans, but I'm not delusional. I like I, not my fans, but I have people I like, but I'm not delusional. Okay, that's good. Sting with another cross, <laughs> reverse crossbody this time. Luger just can't seem to find a weakness in Sting here. I think they wrestle before they close out the year, too, on World Championship Wrestling. So I look forward to a rematch before we close out 1989 as well. Yeah, like uh, we've speculated. I just wonder what the, the plan was. Uh, if Sting, the rumor was Sting was supposed to get it at Wrestle War. Obviously, that doesn't happen. He got hurt. So I'm wondering if he would have got it and went right into a continued feud with Flair or. You'd almost think he'd have to, but Flair, man, he's been on those. Long fuse with Steamboat Funk and then going right into Sting. I mean, is he going to discontinue that or would Luger move up the charts? Because, I mean, you think about it if Luger stays heel and he's the U.S. champion and he discontinues on that trajectory that he's on, you're delaying it a long time if you do two or three pay per view matches with Sting and Flair before you get to Luger. Yeah. Can he maintain the momentum? Uh, that's the real question. So I'd be, that'd, that'd be interesting. That would have been interesting to see. What they would have done. Well, you know, there's two pay-per-views before the bash, so you could always still do Luger and Sting by Bash 90 if you did, like, the Wrestle War, Wild Thing, and um, Capital Combat pay-per-views. You could do the flare matches on those and move into Sting and Luger at the bash. Uh, of course, you'd have to find Luger yeah. a uh, suitable well, opponent like, up until that point, though. Uh, that's what I'm wondering. Like, now Lex is in control. Yeah, he is. Uh, so Wrestle War was when Sting was supposed to get it, right? Yeah, I think that was first. Yeah, because I think yeah, that's that's when Luger took his spot because of the injury. So that was in February. And then you got Capital Combat. So right. Flair can get the rematch then. And then you got Wrestle. Well, you know, you don't have Wrestle where They moved that up. So there is no. Is there a pay per view between Capital Combat and The Bash? No. Probably a clashes. clash, but no pay per view. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess. 
if you want to do the blow off on the clash and then you get Luger sting by the by Great American Bash, like that's that's a long time. Because if you think about it, you're going from November to July of Luger saying, I'm going for the whole ball of wax and I want everything. It takes you seven months to get there. Like who can he beat up for that long? To yeah. I mean, there? that's, that's the question. How are you going to, as long as you have a good story, nobody will pay attention, but it, there's just not a lot of guys there, especially with Muda. We know Muda's leaving. So yeah. that's, that's and then he's big... already, he's already ran through Pillman. And so like, like who's left? Yeah. I just don't see an Arn Anderson, not nothing against Arn Anderson. I just don't see him working for that, that longer period of time in that semi main event level singles style against Luger. So it's, it's they would to be say. heels at that point, and obviously, well, yeah, turn they would have turned them right. So, like, I don't know what I don't know what you do at that point. Like, it's that's that that's tough right there. That'd be interesting. Yeah, it seems like it always works out for Ric Flair. Ric Flair had nobody to work. Here comes Ricky Steamboat. Ric Flair has nobody to work. Here comes Terry Funk. And then Ric Flair has nobody to work. He's got Sting. Okay, let's turn Ric Flair heel. Let's get Sting in there, and then Sting gets hurt. It kind of worked out. It was like there was only two guys to, to work at the time, so it's Luger and Flair. Otherwise, Flair might have been the odd man out, and I don't think he would have ever allowed that to happen. Well, if Jim Hurd's running the show, and he quit booking before they got to that show. <laughs> it's definitely possible he's the odd man out. He might have been in WWF sooner. Yeah, I think Flair's plan was to quit, or not plan like he was planning it in advance, but he, he quit in February as, as Booker of, of 1990. I'm assuming yeah. that was, you know, right around when Sting would have gotten the title had that all worked out yeah. properly. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, things, nothing worked out accordingly. And I think Sting got the shaft like the Warrior got the shaft, in my opinion. People always shit on the Warrior for being a, a shit draw champion. I was like, oh, he got the belt. Now he's not, you know, now he's not over anymore. Now he doesn't, he can't draw anymore. You had nobody ready for him. Besides and, the same guy he's already worked for the last year and a half. Yeah, and it's the same way. Who was ready for Sting? Nobody. So they had to create something that had no payoff. And by the time they got to the pay per view, they were like, "I right, was make it Flair, same guy he's worked already repeatedly." Oh, it's torture rack. Ooh, Sting escapes the torture rack. Ooh. He's selling I like that knee though. That. I like that. Yeah, I haven't seen that before. Makes you wonder why more people haven't done that. Well, you know, when it comes to a tournament, somebody has to get injured. You know quotes there to be able to sell it all night i suppose i don't don't know unless you're bret hart then you get a different injury in every single match so you can fucking really praise yourself at the end of the night that's the goal right (laughs) Uh, sure that's brett's goal sure yeah yeah (laughs) you gotta have a reason oh man good old bret hart (laughs) stinger gonna no sell the total package might be comeback time he's gonna hulk up if you will Coming right back on the total. But these guys got, I should remind you, these guys got 15-minute time limits. Not saying they can't skew the time one way or the other, and they actually do for the show's over, I'm sure. But Sting going to the bread basket of the total package, I don't even know what that was. But he's working them over. These guys theoretically have 15 minutes to try to get something done. And what was that? Looked like Sting was, I think they were going to go for that that crossbody where they both take the bump over the top rope. Looked like that's Luger's what Sting like, was like, nah, bro. Luger's <laughs> like, I don't do that spot. This is I'm not Ric Flair. <laughs> and we're not we're not doing that spot thing. I don't know how to go over the top rope backwards Looks without like holding talking on anything. To him there too. Like what the hell do you think you're doing, dude? There now now where's he going, Steve? Where's he going? Where Sting wanted to go. See that? So they end up on the floor after Luger refused to take the bump. 
<laughs> I can't imagine what he said if Sting was coming at him. Sting's coming at him and Sting just stops. He must be I don't think so. Oh man. No, you can't. <laughs> That's right. Oh man. Hilarious. These guys on the floor too. I hope we get a finish but here. You, you got, got the referee counting both that, guys again. You? you got that. Oh yeah, you? we got it. Absolutely. It's on somewhere. Your soundboard. somewhere let's, in the let's hear it. Sting's coming it. in on the whip here. Sting's gonna he's gonna shoot Sting off the rope. Sting comes in with the crossbody. Alexa, Alex, can I have your autograph? No, you can't. No, you can't. Wait, that's Sting. why this is. And look now, they're back in. Look at that, back inside the spot that Sting wanted to do outside. And Luger, I think oh, Luger yeah, stole that. Lands on top of Sting. That's why, yeah. uh, that's why Luger didn't want to do that spot on the other Sure side. it is. Sure <laughs> it is. No, no, no. I'm talking, look how shitty it looked. That's why. Yeah. So they don't do the spot going out to the floor, but they do do that spot coming into the ring. They uh, fall over oh, the top rope into the ring. Lex lands on top of Sting and grabs the middle rope for leverage there. Steals the win over the Stinger. 11 and a half minutes. Meltzer gave that one two and a quarter stars as well. That finish was shitty. That finish took away. It was a good match, but that finish took away from it. I, I, I agree with Right now, two. I'm on par with Meltzer. DeMeltz got the first two right, I think, star rating wise. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to agree with him on both. And Here you look, the they can't even do it. Luger can't even do it coming in the ring. Imagine if they That's tried to do that to the floor. Oh, my God. Well, I th- uh, I'm going to defend him in oh, his no. credit. It'd probably be a, it'd be a lot easier to do it on the way out than on the way in. At least on the way out, you have momentum from one guy running. They're yeah, just doing uh, a flat-footed <laughs> jump, and let's just go over the top rope. There's really like, no that's... jump. I mean, they're tall enough to just fall over. That's just yeah terrible. I think it, it was pretty rough because I think uh, <laughs> they got they got a hold of them. The clothesline wasn't very good. And Luger picks up 20 points with that shit finish there with a pinfall over the stinger. <laughs> the, other shit, going... the other shit part is... Uh... Woman already back to ringside here wearing a black dress now. He's getting, she's getting her Miss Elizabeth Pulling on. her little Miss Elizabeth here tonight, absolutely. Doom, uh, drawing the shitty straw here. Two matches in a row for Doom. First the Steiners and now the Road Warriors. I don't even know how that's fair. I feel like if the first two teams drew that, then the next two teams should have to wrestle in the next match. But apparently not. That's not how it's going to work here. Uh, this is terrible. Who books the pay-per-views? Is it the same committee? Yeah, I think so. I think that they do what they can do. I don't. I don't know who has all a say in who's going to do what here. But you're kind of you're kind of backed into a corner too, Steve, because you ha- if it depends on who you want to win. You have to figure out those those points to where they can win. But you also have to start figuring out who else can have some points, so that by the time you get to that last match, that either one of them can win, or maybe even a third guy, so that it's not obvious at the, by that point or a given. Oh, look at her just standing there, so lovely. The problem is, is you got your brand new tag team in Doom and they're in the first two matches and uh, it doesn't go too hot for them. So it's like, okay, they don't even like they don't fit in. They're not believable against these guys. So you're really I mean, they have the great look. I, I think I said this way. I think before Doom even formed, I think we talked about this way back in the, the summer when we were talking about them possibly being the Ebony experience. I, I said, uh, Doom's best stuff was after the mask came off. They kind of they were able to have more, more of a personality, more charisma. And honestly, I think they just worked better with Teddy Long too. They're just that whole, whole run that they had was uh, amazing. And I, I, I've said it repeatedly at this point that I hated 
that one of the first things Dusty did when he came in was split up Doom. Almost like a month after he came in, he split up Doom. And I, I thought that was a big mistake. By at least, I mean, like a year. Another good solid yeah, year of Doom would have been great. I'm sure Ron Simmons wasn't pissed. He got that title shot, right? No, I'm sure he wasn't. But he, as you saw, it's the uh, after this show, it's the next show that does the worst in the buy rates. And that's not just against Ron Simmons. Ron Simmons wasn't even pushed to that level. That was just Dusty throwing that at him. And after they felt that Ron wasn't at that level or he, they weren't getting the buy rates, Dusty decided to make himself Ron's corner man for that pay-per-view. Of course, you know, all of the gimmicks in that show didn't really help either. Chamber of Horrors, Mysterious Creatures, Halloween Phantom. Talk about overbooking. Dusty really, really caught on to Vince's strategy there when he come back and made about 40, 40 gimmicks and gimmick matches. And <laughs> None of them worked. One worked, Steve. One. One worked. Johnny B. Bad. I don't know that anybody else lasted past 1992. One more. Wow. I guess... Uh... The only reason that one worked is because the guy who did it, he, he was invested. Yeah, he bought in. Anybody ever tell he you look did. like little Richard B. Bev, if you will? <laughs> Woman's getting pissed down there. She's like, Doom, she is what not is happy with Doom. It's like, Doom, you've already lost me one. You better not lose me another one. Kevin Sullivan said it on commentary in World Championship Wrestling. What happens if Doom doesn't win this? What's woman going to do with him? It's a good question. She's not going to sell for losers. Ooh, look at this. These guys hitting the... Ooh, man. Oh, nice. Well, it had that been a nice power slam, that would have been a great spot. That was really cool. Hawk and Ron running right into each other at the same time. Woman's awesome, man. She's really getting pissed off down there. So you can tell, like, she she understands the importance of this match for her guys. Like, they already, they're already down zero points, and they've already got a match in. You can't lose again and have nothing with one match left. You have no chance of winning, really. Well, woman's been um, in the business forever and been around Kevin Sullivan forever. She gets it. She might not be the greatest promo yeah. of all time, but everything else she's doing right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she looks like a million bucks. She knows what's up. She gets it. Um, she's not just eye candy, which is uh, a positive. Doom going to take over on the roadies now, it looks like. When does she leave with Doom? Uh, it's soon, right? In the early part of 90, I want to say, because I know she uh, kind of transitions over to Ric Flair there after he turns heel. Yeah, so I'm wondering if, like... I'm thinking they gave they Teddy like, Teddy start? Doom and gave... I think it was... It seemed to feel like it would it would have been... Oh, Hawk with a standing dropkick so high, I think he shot overshot Butch Reed there. But I, I think it was just mutual because... The skyscrapers are out. And, oh, oh that, was well, that was a nice one. Post job there. Hawk with his favorite spot of the night, uh, missing the shoulder tackle in the corner, hitting the post. That was a nice bump to the floor. But you figure wow, the scrapers great. are out indefinitely, so Teddy Long needs something to do. He just locks Norman and the skyscrapers in the same week, basically. He has nobody, so let's give him doom. We were going to give him doom back in the summer. Let's give him doom now. And then uh, woman kind of morphs over into Flair, which that doesn't last necessarily too long either, but. Nice catapult, yeah. throat, Hawks throat up into the bottom rope there. It's crazy. It's crazy how much happens <laughs> at that next pay-per-view after this one. That WrestleBoard is pretty big. Yeah, a lot of you know, a lot of stuff begins. The changes begin in January. Rock and Roll Express come back. Just a lot of good stuff going on. Yeah. Feels like we're missing the best part. Like the last, probably, you know, Great American Bash on to probably... Bash 90 is probably the best run of Turner NWA that there is. Two, kicking out. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I know it's terrible. I know the Scorpion stuff's not the greatest stuff in the world, but I grew up on it, and um, I I always... I can't say that was my favorite match in the show, but I liked some of the, the stuff that they did even later into the, the fall. I, I love the the Midnights versus uh, Morton and Tommy Rich at the Halloween Havoc. Uh, there's some decent stuff out there. The Horsemen and the Doom matches are phenomenal. I even like Hanson and, and yeah. Luger, even though I know Luger probably yeah, was shit in his pants during during those matches. Uh, I, I, I love those two. I just meant like ratings and success-wise. Yeah, wheels, wheels hadn't have fallen fallen off yet by then. No, not until Ole Anderson took the book there. At least at least until Ole took over. Yeah, it, it just feels like like this period, this wave that they're carrying right now, like what we're watching, it, it kind of culminates with Sting winning because Sting's progression started, I think, when Ric Flair took over. Like really elevate. I, I he was on that path. Obviously, you could see it. I mean, he's one of those guys. As soon as you see, it, it's like okay, he's gonna be big time at some point. But it really felt like it took off once he started pairing with Flair and getting in these main event matches on clashes and pay per views and stuff like that. So I feel like that's the culmination is Great American Bash '90 of all this, like years work of Flair. Yeah, I mean it's the the long build. It wasn't intended to be that long of a build, but it, it wound up being that long of a build before Sting got the belt because of his injury. It's still amazing that he recovered so fast. Yeah, he damn near tore, tore everything in his knee, <laughs> and yeah, he was yeah. he was He's back, back in, in like four months. We got, got the rest hold here. Yeah. Doom already getting a little tired. I'm sure Hawk's a little tired. He's like, hey, <laughs> let's let's do a chin lock, Butch. Butch was infamous <laughs> for those for the first six months of the year, so I don't think he's got anything against it. We can do Definitely that. Not. We can do that. Yeah, Sting, they did absolutely nothing with him for the first half year. First six months, they did abs- Sting would just come out and wrestle matches. He didn't even know what he was doing. Mm-hmm. He was there to have fun, Steve. And then finally they, they stuck him in there with Muda and he got the few going and they had to match the bash and it kind of took off from there. And then by the fall, Flair got the book and he kept, he kept Sting uh, very important, kept him on top with himself in the tag team matches, like you pointed out. So definitely the build was there. It started in the fall, at least. Uh, if not, yeah. if you could argue it started with Muda back, back at the bash or, or whatever, but the actual main event push for Sting it would have been like a six-month haul, but because of the injury, it winds up being much, much longer. Damn near a year. And then they had it's nobody so ready for him. There was nobody ready for him. Yeah, I kind of wish they shared talent with <laughs> with the E at that point. You guys have nobody for your guy. We have nobody for our guy. How about we just trade somebody real quick? <laughs> Animal with the shoulder. You know, there were rumors at one point that the warrior was going to jump. And... Obviously, that's silly, given that he was the world champion. But yeah, it's, uh, well, you know, I got to argue, though. In the WWF, they had a few names they could have done something with. They just didn't position it the way they wanted. In the NWA, it's hard to try to figure out who the hell, outside of Luger, who had just turned face, are you really going to turn him heel again? Oh, looks like I smell a finish coming here. Butchery looking for that pile driver. Hawk, boom, clothesline from the top rope. Animal going to make the cover. With in, the, in the WWF there? Three. I think I would have fed Warrior. Well, there he goes, the three count. The Road Warriors pin Doom. So now Doom have been defeated. They are no longer undefeated as far as pinfalls go. So they've been beaten twice here tonight, and they are officially eliminated point-wise from the tournament already. The most they can get is 20 points, and the Roadies have already done that. 
So as long as the roadies don't job out the rest of the night, it's pretty much given the doom can't advance no matter what, which is unfortunate. That's another reason why I question why, why book them two matches in a row, but you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't know. I might've fed warrior earthquake, but I get why Hogan, they did it with Hogan and, and whatnot. <clears throat> oh, that would have been bad. <laughs> I don't care how good earthquake is. That would have been rough. <laughs> Well, that would have been, you know, it would have been interesting, though, like seeing uh, Rick Rude and Hogan. Yeah, Hogan won work, work Rude, though. That was the issue there. First, Rude Why was not? probably too small for Hogan. Uh, Hogan wor- uh, was was afraid of Rude. Not that he would beat him up, just that he didn't trust him. Like, didn't, thought he would go into business for himself out there. And Yeah, well, I, 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 I wouldn't blame him for thinking that way, to be honest with you. That was eight and a half minutes. Doom do, does the job. The roadies pick up 20 points there as we go to another singles match. So Dave gives that one two stars. I have to agree at the best two stars. It was definitely not as good as the first two matches. Roadies definitely not. There. And now it's Ric Flair Look and Muda. Muda is he like tr- he's been neutered, man. <laughs> poor, poor Muda. As he's accompanied by Gary Hart here taking on Ric Flair, the world champion Ric Flair. Muda's the TV champion. They had a match say, just a couple weeks ask. ago. Oh, who's coming down with Flair? It's Ole and Arn Anderson. Arn just got back on TV this past weekend. And he's already here at the pay-per-view. Pretty cool. I got a question, man. When was the last time we seen the actual TV title? That is a good question. I don't know. I'm going to assume maybe back, I don't think uh, we've seen it since the actual, we won it. The actual physical title? Yeah, I couldn't say. I have no Dude, idea. I don't think we've seen it. He maybe in a it. promo from Gary hey, Hart. Norman Claus in the crowd here. Recently turned baby face on Teddy Long. I don't even mind Norman at this point, man. <laughs> Ole Anderson uh, supposedly hated him. He couldn't wait for his contract to expire at the end of 1990 so he could shit can him. He, he, I guess he hated the character. He hated, I don't know if you know, hated Norman the person, but he just hated him being oh, on the roster. Out there. Yeah, I'm sure Ole, Ole just hates everything, so I don't really care what he likes and doesn't like. <laughs> To be honest, like he hates everything. Yeah, I don't know what he says good about anybody. Yeah, uh, I, I'm a WWF guy. I think everybody knows that by now. But I think uh, so. Those gimmicks don't bother me if it's done properly. Uh, it, very little, very little of it, but it doesn't hurt to have it because fair. the crowd, the kids are going to like it, and uh, it's going to give them something. <laughs> Look at Muda just coming in, getting everything in. He knows well, what's up. He better get it in because he does know what's up here. Power drive elbow after the handspring. This is Flair's booking right here. Well, you know, they just you had that match. What was it? A couple weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, they had that 16-minute match on TV uh, where they kind of worked each other over on the mat. It was a good, solid wrestling match, but they kind of worked each other oh, yeah. ground, ground and pound and, and, and uh, working over the legs and things like that. And here it's more of the speedy come right at you. And, and they have the 15-minute time limit, so rightfully so. They're trying to get it done as fast as they can because they're, they're not getting paid by the hour. They got two more matches ahead of both of them at this point. Because unlike Doom, who wrestled twice in a row, Flair right into the figure four immediately in the match. Muda. Okay. Muda's not even really selling. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if it's the paint or, or what the case is. Oh. But it doesn't even Here we go. Like he cares. No, it's, it's like he already knows what's happening. We got Buzz Sawyer out here. Dragon Master. Ole Anderson. Arn Anderson. Gary Hart. Everything's going, they're going crazy on the outside. Muda takes advantage, attacks Ric Flair from behind in the ring. Backbreaker, and you know what that means. It's time for the moonsault. 
Muda up top. Flair had to oh. oh, God, yeah. Right into the to knees make, of Ric Flair. Make Muda look good. And small package, two, three. Wow. Just like that, Ric Flair pins the undefeated Great Muda in two minutes and 55 seconds. You go from undefeated for like eight, nine months to being pinned in less than three minutes here. Uh, you, you could tell immediately, like as soon as he came down the apron or the, the aisle, that, like I said, he just feels neutered. Like all excitement and everything from Muda is that his, his soul's been sucked out of him, it feels like, and he's not into it. And of course, Muda being Japanese, Dave Meltzer raced this two stars. Uh, didn't even go three minutes. Somehow got two stars. I like the booking. I, I give it, it was fun. Stars. I like the booking. Was, <laughs> well, Muda old, did do all of his, his arsenal in, yeah, in less than three minutes. That's true. Muda didn't snap it all off in less than three. So Ric Flair and Lex Luger tied at 20 points. Muda with zero and the Stinger with zero. That was quick. And we saw Arnon only promised they would uh, make sure nobody interfered. And Ric Flair's matches, and they uh, kept their word there. But it's still sad to see Muda go from undefeated to pinned in less than a three-minute match. I don't care if it's Ric Flair or anyone. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. I don't like it. Muda obviously doesn't like it. You can see it in his face. He doesn't care. And um, Feels like Carlito for those last few months he was with the company. He just walk on camera and just looked like he wanted to be anywhere <laughs> but in the WWE. <laughs> Oh, here we or go. Andrade, huh? <laughs> well, yeah, that's the that's the new flavor of the month for that yeah, story. Yeah, absolutely. Roadies taking on the Steiners. The Roadies right now with 20 points. The Steiners right now with 15. So pretty important match. And this is the first time we've ever seen these two go at it. Steven, we just saw them on the Monday Warfare show recently go at it when the Steiners made their return to WCW. And that was a hell of a match. And the Steiners made the Roadies work. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have an option. No matter if they wanted to or not. Seemed to be even the, in '96, uh, yeah, the Steiners were still making them work. Seemed to be the uh, story of the Steiners' career. You're you're coming to work if you get in the ring with us. I don't see. Could you imagine if Lex had told Scott Steiner, "Yeah, we're not doing that." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, Lex I'm thinking, knew better. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking, Lex knew better. It would have been intriguing, though. I would love to have seen it. <laughs> had, had the situation gone down. Not not like ninety nine two thousand Lex Luger and Scott Steiner. I want like eighty nine ninety Lex Luger and Scott. Oh Steiner. shit! Oh. Hawk with Insegiri. I think Scotty tried to do the flip, but he'd already started taking the forward bump, and he tucked his head too late. So so he kind of drilled his drilled his own head into the ring. I love that move right there. Like where he spins some, out of it like that and rolls some him Rob through. Van Dam type shit, man. I, I don't, like I, I seen him do it in a TV match that we watched on last week's episode, and I didn't know how to explain it. Like he did that, but he rolled it in and did like right into a leg lock or something like that instead of letting right. go like he did there. I was like, man, that's damn. I never seen him do that. Uh, something you didn't see back in '89. I know RVD did it a lot and stuff like that. But Ooh, oh, Hawk turns Rick. Oh, and he sells it. Oh, nice play by Hawk there. Turns Rick's Hawk's inside out with that work. clothesline. <laughs> Rick don't have a problem selling for the roadies. Rick's been around the roadies for a while now, so you don't have a problem with that. I'm sure they've snorted Coke together a few times. <laughs> I don't think either, either of these teams mind getting the shit beat out of them. 
No, that's what's, that's the one good thing about this. These guys are just going to hit each other with everything they got. I feel a Steiner line's coming. There we go. Oh, <laughs> you notice Hawk tagged out and made Animal eat that one. He's like, uh, yeah. nope, I'm not getting payback. <laughs> Hawk got the shit in, and then he let Animal take the bump for him. <laughs> that's right. So this is a very important it's, match for both teams, really, if you're looking at the point system. And and really, in, in general, the fact of the matter is we continue to talk about what was the point of this tournament. You don't get anything. In fact, we both kind of shit on the, the slogan, championships don't matter, which is silly. Uh, th- yeah. There's really no play to the winner gets a world title shot because there's world champions in both tournaments. So that's kind of silly to say that as well. So really, there's nothing you get out of this. But when you start evaluating everything, future shock and the, the key word there is future. I think this is really to determine who's supposed to be the star of the nineties, the tag team of the nineties, the wrestler of the nineties is the best. That's how they should have sold it. And it's how they should have sold it, but it's not really. I will say, though, I will say I we didn't really touch on it on last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Gordon solely talked Look about it on the, wow. on the WNN. My God, he just deadlifted his ass. He did like nothing, <laughs> like nothing. Hawk press oh slam Scotty there. So Gordon but, uh, said, "What now?" He was talking his about. It. He's like, "What was the? What's the benefit of this?" And he's like, "The winners of this tournament, everybody's gonna want to challenge them because they're the Ironman tournament, and what that means is just more money in their pocket because they're gonna get more name challengers and uh, more opportunities to defend that status of being the Ironman tournament champion." So um, when when Gordon spun it, he made it sound intriguing. Like, okay, that makes sense. They're working for their future earnings, which future shock, like you just said, the future, the star of the 90s and uh, the tag team of the 90s. So if they would have built it that way and sold it that way, I think it would have had a lot more intrigue, a lot more excitement. And uh, I don't know if it would have popped a bigger buy rate or more house, but I think it would have just been more appealing to casuals or hardcore fans and the like. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with this show, per se. It's no. just it shouldn't be Starcade. This, this is like a Clash of the Champions or a secondary show. Your wrestle where your capital combat. Everything about it. I mean, I the name, the, the people involved make sense. Uh, they're not half-assing this. Oh my oh god. My oh, god. Scotty ate that clothesline. Good. I love up there in the corner of the Omni. You see the scores up there. You see the scores yeah. up there for everybody to read as Constant well. That's reminder. pretty damn cool as well. Yep. I think, like, I wonder if they're just getting a feel for it and see how people will react to it. Kind of like Battle Bowl, um, that sort of deal. But um, I think he wanted to do more than that. But <laughs> thought he was going to steal Sid's whirly uh, bird there for a second. <laughs> I, I will say, dude, Hawk's just manhandling Scott Steiner. Yeah, here. Scott's definitely uh, letting Scott Hawk throw him around. I'm actually a little bit shocked, although given the finish of this match, I, I get it. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not shocked. I mean, Scott's still relatively new. He ain't gonna. He doesn't care. Well, he's coming right back here. He's got Hawk. He's setting him up for a belly to belly here off the top rope. I don't know if Hawk's gonna agree to this will, or not. I don't know if he's gonna have an option. Say, Look at Hawk dead waiting him. He's dead. Oh my god! Oh, I saw that coming. He dead waited him. He just let. He Hawk literally just hung there in Scotty's arms. Scotty tried to belly to belly him off the top rope, and Hawk just laid there like a sack of potatoes. And he cost himself. That really wasn't that wasn't gonna hurt Scott. That just <laughs> Hawk hurt himself there by simply not agreeing to go along with the move. We talked about that last time too. I don't want to yeah. keep going back to it, but 
you just got to do it. If you don't do it, you're going to get hurt. I mean, you just go with it, whether you want to or not. You can't. Look at Ellering checking on him. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, that was not a. I don't know if you've seen that. No, I didn't, but uh, that, that was not a, a, a safe bump. Hawk didn't even get no, to touch, uh, do the flip. He, he just kind of landed on, on the side of his body. That was not safe. It wasn't Scott's fault. Like a stinker. No, no, absolutely not. That was uh, Hawk Ellering refusing to take the move, and legs. Scott oh. Steiner saying, no, bitch, when, when I do a move, we're, <laughs> we're doing the move. We're, we're already up here, here now. Exactly. Hawk's been sitting here, or yeah. Scott's been sitting here selling for them forever. And then Hawk refuses to take the one move. <laughs> Shit back. <laughs> but I guess when you're the roadies and you're that big, you're just going to do what you want to do anyway. Uh, who's going to tell them otherwise? That was the deal breaker for Hawk anyway. Scott Sanders has been here quite a, a long period of time in the uh, well, this entire duration of the heat matches. anyway. Yeah. He took all the heat in the Doom match. Yeah, Scott's definitely the Iron Man of the uh, the night so far, as far as taking a beating. Yeah, well, he's he's new. Rick's been around the block a few years. <laughs> Scott, you got this, buddy. <laughs> they just look great in their, their gear now, Scott and Rick's gear. It just uh, feels complete, you know? Yeah. They got the titles. And Looks like the we're getting gear. a, uh, a B-level Doomsday device protected. <laughs> Scott Stein. Oh, I see why. We're going back suplex, bridge one. Two, Steiner gets his shoulder up and a three count. We don't even get a hot tag in this match. The Road Warriors hit the Doomsday device. I was wondering why they were doing it in a back suplex position, but it's so we can do that finish there. Animal with a German or back suplex with a bridge on Scott Steiner. And Scotty gets his shoulder up before the three count, and the Steiners are going to get the win. They're going to move up to 30 points, and the Roadies stay at 20. So the roadies do a job, a clean job, although a little bit of shenanigans there with the whole shoulder 35? up nonsense. The Steiners, the you're right. Steiners. Yeah, the Steiners yeah, 35, sorry. And 15. You're right, yep. yep. Oh, man. So the roadies agreed to this for a finish. Jim Cornette has the... stated in shoots that he suggested something a little more definitive. Uh, maybe like a four-way melee. One of the roadies accidentally hits into the other roadie, and then you know the Steiners hit one of their nice moves for the finish. But the roadie said, "Uh-uh, this is the way we're doing it. The cheapest way you can go out, <laughs> losing without actually really losing, beating you know, yourself. Yeah, lifting your shoulder up. Yeah, exactly. The Steiners didn't beat us. We beat us. Oh shit, Mood is right back in like <laughs> like Doom flipping in like I'm gonna get myself over. Yeah, there we go. I'm Muda. Well, the roadies work back-to-back, too. That's what I wrote right here in my notes. This is boom, boom, boom. It's one match after another. It's what it is. I mean, there's no stalling in between. It's like, get them out of the ring. These guys are literally getting like rushed out of the ring in between during the, the instant replays. So we can go well, straight you, you back. Notice, like uh, everybody's having the issue, but they're trying to go up the entrance ramp, and Doug Dillinger's right there, and he's like, no, you got to go this way, this way, this way, and they point him to that area where that – uh, guardrail is down there on the lower left of the screen and they're sending them in that way that way the guys can come in while they're heading out so um there's muda with the they're mist. definitely on a time crunch there yeah they're trying to get well they got 12 matches to get in in a matter of less than three hours and outside of that That's sting cool. and muda or flair and muda match that went uh, about three minutes i think every other match on here goes at least a good roughly 10 that roadie steiner's match is maybe the second shortest match tonight. i think that went Seven minutes and 26 seconds. Demelts gave that one three stars. 
can see it. <laughs> I might I agree I, with the Meltzer's performance. Yeah, I'm not against his star ratings here tonight. I I can't even really argue the three stars. I might have went just a tad under that just because of the the finish. There was no hot tag. It was just a beating on Scott. But just seeing the roadies and the Steiners in there together and some of the moves that were going on earlier in the match, I can see that. I'm not going to argue that. It's Sting and Muda getting it on here. These guys have been going at it since the summer. Had a great match at the Bash. Had another solid match back in September on TV. And then, of course, Muda beat Sting for the vacant TV title at the Omni here three months ago in September. Ooh, mule kick. Nice move by Muda out of the corner. Tease that clean break. Muda doesn't have to be facing you to strike you. That's for sure. He's definitely unorthodox. He looks great here, though, I will say. Uh, I like the black tights and the, the face paint he had going here was awesome. Uh, he looks like a million bucks still and definitely different. It's a shame they're going to drop the ball and just let him walk away and go back to Japan in just another m- month or two. Wow. He might What's finish up at the clash. His face is painted. And right. He, and he is Japanese, but you can tell emotions are emotions, and he looks completely dejected. It's it's written all over his face. You you couldn't tell it Ooh, by his what a work. Bump. Holy shit! Nice bump, I'm. <laughs> can't tell by his work. No, that's that's what I was gonna say. He's face. definitely a professional. He's coming in there and giving these. He's not half-assing it, making these guys look like shit. He's still giving them everything he's supposed to be giving them. But I agree. Upon the entrances, when he's standing around, he's just kind of there. Like he no sold the shit out of that figure four. Like it, it was like it wasn't even touching him. You know, it wasn't even anything. He's just laying there waiting for the the shit to happen. Yeah, he was like flipping channels, man, watching TV or something. Yeah, yeah he was just <laughs> he was yeah. anywhere but in a in a match. Yeah, physically he's here. Mentally, I don't I don't know if he is or not. Probably not. It's really a shame, man. Think about what what they had in Muda when he first came and how exciting those matches were and just. What a I'm, pleasure! I've had to repop for him, dude. Just oh every my god! Time, I'm like, oh, this is what I missed. I miss Muda. We need more Muda. And Sting looking for the Scorpion early in the match, and Muda's not going to give it to him. Maybe he'll no sell that too. <laughs> Muda to the floor. <laughs> Wouldn't blame him. Gonna it just like ever since that Clash Tag Main Event, Clash Eight. It just seems like he's been put on the back burner. Well, I will say, you know, Cornets went on record and said this was the catalyst. Not that it wasn't already being decided or anything like that, but this night here at Starcade. When Muda walked in, I don't know if it was on this particular night or, you know, a TV taping or two before this, but when he was told how this was going to play out here tonight, he was just emotionally done. You could just see it on his face. He was just done. Uh, that was it. Like, there was no turning back, no no convincing him to stay beyond, you know, uh, whenever his contract ends or whatever the deal was there when he's gone. Warner. I wonder who had to break the news to him. <laughs> and it was, you know, a combination of that. Oh, I'm sure Gary Hart did it. You know, Gary Hart probably told him to leave because Gary's also the one that told him to leave because um, the Americans could never like a Japanese baby face. So uh, WCW was going to ruin him because they wanted to turn him face. They were like, he's like the next sting basically was what he was going to be in their eyes based on it. the work ethic. I mean, God, look how over he was when he came in. He had to stop doing half of his moves. Because he was getting too damn over as a baby face when he was a heel. And no, oh, there's the power drive elbow. God, he's so good, man. He is so good. 
And he never returns like this. Like when he comes back, he's still good, but he's never this. Wow, there you uh, go. The cattle, cattle mutilation. mutilation. Love it. <laughs> I put this on my friend, and dude, he was done. He was done. <laughs> I love that move. I wish Daniel Bryan would bring it back. Yeah, it's probably one of the band moves. Vince probably says it looks fake or something nonsense. I don't know. Who knows? What the hell I'm goes dumb on there? That shit hurts. <laughs> Stinger might go out to it here. I doubt it. In 1989, everybody's not really hip to the the cool submission holds of the later years. But yeah, they wanted to turn Muda face. Gary Hart talked Muda out of that. Said you'll never get over. They're they're trying to bury you. And then obviously this really sent it home. Muda probably believed anything Gary said after the night. As far as them burying, oh, nice counter out of that. Never seen a counter like that before. I don't know that I've ever seen anybody counter that like that. Stinger kind of rolls through, fights his way free. Yeah, just a completely wasted opportunity. We've talked about this quite a bit. This is I don't care. Like when you have a talent, if it's over, whether you meant for it to be over or not, you need to ride it. Because there's nothing like that natural, you know, genuine overness that a guy can get on his own. It's kinda like the Daniel Bryan Yes movement. Like, I'm sure that wasn't intended. Well, you know, Kofi Kingston wasn't intended. Exactly. So, I mean, like when it works, it works and it it's genuine. People can feel it. You can see it. You know what it is when you see it. And Muda had it, whether he was good guy or bad guy or whatever, it didn't matter. Like he's going to get over. He's going to make your talent look good. And why would you ruin it? Because you didn't do it or stupid shit like Gary Hart saying, oh, you, you, you'll never get over as a Japanese. Like the guy Gene will never accept you, Muda. Fuck the guy Gene. <laughs> it's like, pretty much, uh, it, it's like, if I was Muda, and I, obviously I'm not, but I'm just be like, but I'm already over. <laughs> so <laughs> they're already cheering me. So who the hell are you to say I can't get over as a Japanese in America? Like, I know we like to talk about it all the time, but uh, World War II was in the 40s. And it, it's, it's over with. So uh, you can get over. Gary Hart's just, sweating bullets out there, by the way, too, it looks like. There's Bill Apter yeah, back yeah. there with that Mr. Rogers sweater on. Taking a few <laughs> shots around the corner. <laughs> Jesus. This is a very important match for both of these guys. I mean, you can pretty much say it's the end of the night for one of them if they lose because both Sting and Muda are here with zero. Well, I think Flair and Luger both have 20. So either one of them can tie yeah. or, or at least try to tie at, at, the, at best. Uh, the other one is walk out of here with zero. That's uh, pretty much it for the night. I'd, I'd have to imagine. Well, yeah, definitely. And so, so I, don't, I don't know, man. Just, just ridiculous. I don't, I don't again. understand it did, wrestling. It didn't work with Flair. It. He's going to try it again. Another moonsault here on Sting. And he oh lands on his feet that time. Oh, nice spinning oh, back nice. kick. Love it. So we're, we're 0 for 2 on Moonsaults, but at least Muda was ready that time. He knew it was coming. Oh, Sting dropkicks Muda on the top rope, crotches him. <laughs> Is he going to fan him like he does next year's back? <laughs> oh, Starcade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I'm with you, man. Like, whenever it was never as good as the, that initial run when he came in. When he ever came, oh. whenever, every time he came back, 
One. I don't know two. if it's because he looked a little slower. Wow. Oh, wow. Muda does the job to a superplex. And superplex. I'm not shitting on the superplex. I'm not shitting on the superplex. Especially back shit in the eighties. Superplex. Well, I'll shit on, on Sting's superplex. That was that was not a good superplex. Sting kind of fell. See Doug telling him. See Doug telling him. Yeah, he's yeah, telling him where to way. go. So Sting will pick up yeah. twenty points, and Muda, Muda's done. I mean, he's got another match, but he's he's basically done. Zero points. And what sucks is this match that's left is with Luger, and it means nothing. And that's kind of that's one of those matches I was intrigued to see because. I was going to mention in the Steiners and Rhodes match where you really can't get them guys in the ring against each other. Right. Uh, with really, I would, I hate to say it, but nothing on the line, essentially. Look at Obviously, that I know suplex. A that was going on. not very safe. <laughs> no, but I, it's cool to see him go at it with me. Like, that's not really meaningful. You know, you don't have to worry about titles or anything like that. Just kind of see the better man. So, like, Luger and Muda is interesting, but shit, there's no... There's nothing in it for Muda. It's it's useless. Uh, let's let's do some audio. We haven't done the audio. Let's see what uh, Funker and uh, Corny has to say here. Hard, but that gum it looks good for Ric Flair. It looks good for Luger, and it looks wonderful for Sting. So what's going to happen? Jim Cornette, perhaps the advantage. Sorry, strangely enough, will go to the Wild Samoans. They have not wrestled yet, and the Steiners have the lead, 35 to 20, over the Road Warriors. Exactly right. We've seen the Steiners beat Doom by countout to gain 15 points. We've seen the Road Warriors beat Doom by pinfall to gain 20 points. In the shocker, the Road Warriors were pinned by the Steiners. The Steiners gained 20 points, but the Wild Samoans, due to the luck of the draw, have not appeared as of yet. They've got the advantage. They may be playing catch-up, but also they have set back and they've watched what the teams are looking like, how they're game plans are going and now they're set you have a quick prediction for the tag team in the second half i'd have to say if the steiners keep looking like they are right now i'm going to go with the steiners but i got to i got to take a peek at the samoans just to see what they're all about tonight all right terry what's your prediction second half hey dad gummit i'm gonna have to go with lex luger all the way ladies and gentlemen lex luger is a pick of uh well thank you very much i've been saying the same thing the whole time lex luger lex luger lex luger Fast pace. It's been tremendous thus far. We're, we're halfway through, and we've got another great tag team event. Our first look at the Wild Samoans. Let's go back down to Gary Capetta. So how lucky are the Samoans that they get booked into the second half of the show? They basically close out the show two out of the last, three out of the last, whatever, yeah, three in a row? Yeah, they got the Doom, they got the Steiners, and they got the Roadies. So Samoans wrestle three times in a row, but it's the second half, so... It's uh, very intriguing how they came up with that. And based Everything on, they need is right in front of them, right? Yeah, based on All some of the finishes. Yeah, based on some of the finishes and in, in going into the second half of this tournament, I feel like the skyscrapers were booked in this spot, and they just never bothered to change anything around. It was just, ah, fuck it. Let's just go and roll with it the way we had it. Just, just uh, <laughs> plug the Samoans in and change the name on, on the paper is the way it comes off to me anyway. Ooh, woman, looking good again. In her third dress of the night, in her final dress of the night, gown, uh, accompanying Doom to ringside. Doom can really do, they can't win. The Steiners have 35, so all that Doom can do here is play spoiler to the Samoans. Who cares about that? <laughs> well, I don't uh, either, but that's the story. I mean, just in, I get I get the story, but I'm just like, you really think, I don't think Doom is established just enough yet at this point i think if we're matter. playing off no i think if we're playing off of woman she should come out right now and say well there's norman claus again no polaroid yet but 
he should come out and uh, she should come out and say, uh, you know what? We can't even win tonight. I'm not going to have these guys wrestle again. What's the point? We're leaving. Samoans can win. Yeah. We don't give a shit. Just seems like the Mormon character to me anyway. But she said she wanted to take everybody out. So I guess you could take the opportunity to take out the Samoans here. And this is the perfect time really to bring up uh, the story of Cornette trying to work the Midnight Express into this tournament. Uh, Corny initially. Yeah, sure. No problem. Corny initially tried to talk the Midnights into this tournament. Jim Hurd didn't want them in there. They weren't, they weren't big enough. They weren't bad enough to be in this tournament. And then the skyscrapers go down. So Cornette comes to Jim Hurd again. You know, the way these round robin things work, there's going to be a team and a singles guy who have to take a lot of falls. There's always going to be one guy that really sucks in these things, as, as we see here tonight. And uh, Corny suggested the Midnights do all the jobs. They don't care to do all the jobs, and they can make everybody they wrestle look better. So why not throw the Midnights in there as the fourth wheel? And Jim Hurd still wouldn't do it. Put the Samoans in there. What's even funnier is it's Tama, Savage, in there with Vatu. They've never actually just teamed as a tag team. Uh, with Samu out suspended and still put them in there over the Midnight Express. And remember, they never announced this in advance. They had all the way up until the pay-per-view to plug whatever team they wanted to into this thing. And Cornette still couldn't sell the Midnights into this tournament. Stupid. Jim Hurd. Yeah, just... Synonymous with the word stupid sometimes, it seems like. I, I just think he, ha- he he just has an idea of what wrestling is to him, and he's trying to push that onto everybody else. I mean. Yeah, he just thought gosh. they didn't look like, you know, tough badasses. They They didn't have bodies on them, so he didn't really believe them in this. But, I mean, at the same time, like, do you really need four teams looking the same? No, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with, with Cornette. You need a, if you need somebody to job, and they're literally saying, hey, we'll do three jobs. We don't care. We just want to have good matches it, on pay-per-view. They're already over. Right, and no, they're established. They're former even, tag team, world tag team champions. Matter. They're former United States tag team champions. They held both belts at the same time. They're, they could lose every match in a row for, like, two months and then – all they need is one win against the definitive team, and they're going to be taken serious again. Like, okay, they got their mojo back. It's back. Like, that's how easy it is for the Midnights. Like, you could, you really, we know how this tournament ends. Doom looks like shit. Obviously, I know you can't take them out, but you could easily replace the Samoans with the Midnights and make everybody look decent. Give Doom a win. Exactly. Um, which you don't even do that. So it's just, it makes no sense, man. Yeah, that's, that's another, oh, look at that no cell on the headbutt. Oh, they're, oh man, this is, I always wondered what would happen when this happened. They get a Samoan and an African-American in there with the headbutt. (laughs) Eventually they're going to take each other out. Stereotypes, (laughs) stereotypes, baby. I love it. Oh, geez. (laughs) I, I think too, like what he's missing is, yeah, you can have all the, big, tough-looking guys all you want, but what makes them look good are those little guys that don't necessarily look the same as them. Um, and let's be honest, once you see the Steiners and the Roadies beat the shit out of each other, <laughs> like, I don't care to see anybody else beat the shit out of each other that are big right. like that. Yeah. Like, none's bigger than them. The same like, style no one... match every time. It's, oh, wow, look at Fatu get up. Jesus. Was that Fatu or Tama? Might have been it was Savage, yeah. Fatu has that fresh scar in his belly. That's right. Got that knife. (laughs) Knife slid down. Slid down his uh, gut there. When when did that happen? Uh, Here? I think that was... 
What's that? That uh, it looks it looks fresh here. Mm, I didn't see it. I don't know. That's pretty nasty. You get stabbed. Yeah, I think that was the story he told. He told that when he did the make a difference gimmick that during those vignettes or whatever. I think. Yeah, he has it right there. You can see it. Whew. Boom. This is a match you're not going to say. I got to be honest, man. I'm really sad that we didn't get to see Dan Spivey and Sid in here with the Samoans. I'd love to have seen what would happen if Sid tried to do Sid vicious things to the Samoans. I just would have loved <laughs> to have seen how that would have worked out for, for everyone involved. The fact that you could even question, is he that stupid? Like, Yeah, I think he is. I, I think so. I think he is, too. That's the sad part. See, like oh Butch Reed God. and Ron Simmons, they're just working with them. These guys, they're both heel teams, but they're actually coming out here to have a wrestling match. They're doing wrestling moves. Well, not right now. Somebody. Butch Reed's choking him, but, I mean, they've been doing wrestling moves. And I think if Sid had been in there, it would have been a completely different style of match. <laughs> I would just love to have seen what would have happened. Oh, yeah, me too. That I think Spivey would have told Sid, just stay on the apron for this one, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Oh, lowers the boom. I don't know what happened there. Looked like... What the hell's going on here? Looked like Thomas dropped a headbutt on Ron, but Ron knows sold it, and Thomas, I don't know what's going on. Somebody called something, and it didn't work out. Boom, behind the referee's back, Butch Reed with a cheap elbow. This is is the worst match so far. Is that the Savage's hair? Well, I'm sure they got the extensions, Steve. Come on, man. Get with the program. No, no, like laying on the mat. It looks like some of them are laying on the mat. Yeah, it's probably his extensions. That's not really their hair's not that long. Well, no shit. I'm not stupid. I'm just like, did some of it come out? Because oh yeah, I don't, I don't see it, but I'm sure. I don't doubt it. I mean, they're getting that's what I mean. They're like, getting hit pretty like damn hard. On the mat. I don't know. This mat's really dirty, so it just looks like Ugh. there's something popping up on it. Tossed to the concrete outside. Oh, his hair is cool. I like the hair. I should just, mention uh, Fatu and Tom are twin brothers, so they, they know each other very well. It's just odd that we've seen the SST all year. Samu and Fatu would go on to become the head shrinkers in the WWF. And then just, in, just since Halloween Havoc, right around that time, Savage appeared, and they kind of been doing six-man tag team matches. And now Samu's suspended, and Tama just kind of floats right into the pay-per-view. This is actually the first time Fatu... And Savage have been just a two-man tag team, and somehow they get thrown right into the four top teams in the company. Again, another shit <laughs> on the Midnight Express. Oh, my God. And then, hell, your team that was the world tag team champions Ooh. all year didn't even get the call. <laughs> Not that I want to. Thank God the Freebirds are nowhere near this pay-per-view. Well, they probably didn't but, want uh, to. Michael Hayes working three times. On, no, thank you. Well, no thanks. Probably. I should figure he'd want the pay. Well, they're not getting paid three times. <laughs> Hayes ain't no, ain't no fool. That's okay. It's We've still pay per view. Do they have a bump for pay per view? Look at that shot. That was a nice shot of Nitron and Woman there. Oh, I'm sure they get like a pay per view bonus gimmick, but I'm I'm with you, man. I'm I'm happy there's no birds. We've seen way too much free birds this year. I think the the original four teams that were planned for this were the right four teams, but the minute skyscrapers went down, <laughs> the next one up for me would have been the Midnights, not the Samoans. And again, I'm not really trying to shit on the Samoans. They've been fun. 
but we've seen oh, yeah. the Samoans and the Roadies repeatedly. We've seen the Samoans and the Steiners repeatedly. Yeah, they're like that team that you put it, you put your new teams up against that you're ready to push. Like you, you know they're going to look good. They're going to make uh, the opponents look good. The matches are going to be solid. You can trust them to Uh-oh. a degree. It looks like and, it's breaking uh, down here. They're like that upper that enhancement team. Oh, here we go. The old Freebird spot. Oh, Humberding. Oh my God. <laughs> Pushes the Samoan on top. One, so two, So getting pushed three. on top of your opponent is uh, deadly. Well, they were both knocked out from the they, – they collided, Steve. They cracked, you know, hard heads. I don't give a shit, man. <laughs> so shitty. Humberdink shoves him on top. Hey, that's how Michael Hayes won the U.S. title. Gordy's yeah, return. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was shit then, and it was shit. Now, woman is not pleased. Look at that. I think that's kind of hot. I would, you know, I'd like to see that look. Utilize this, and uh, I would have fired Doom immediately. I agree with you, but what do you what do you do with them at that point? Because they've just debuted two months prior, and you can't really turn a babyface. I mean, they're not going to work with the Steiners and the Roadie. You already have two elite babyface tag teams, so. I would maybe not right away immediately. I would have maybe uh, slow played it, but this could be the start of it. Like you, you guys suck. Way to get zero points in the tournament. <laughs> Three matches <laughs> in, know? zero points. The Samoans beat you. That should have been her argument. You lost to the fucking Samoans yeah. by pinfall. Yeah. So the Samoans then, even have twenty points now, which is why I said I think they just didn't change the, the finishes to this pay per view. I think that was meant to be the skyscrapers there, not the Samoans getting the 20 points. There's Lex. He's changed up, too. He's, he's pulling a woman tonight, too. Changed up his trunks. I think he's in he purple is. now. Is this the match of the card here? Luger and Flair. I know they go quite a quite the distance. That Samoans and Doom match, you uh, said worst match on the show. DeMeltz gave it two stars, which it does tie Flair and Muda, which you can't really compare those two. It was given two stars for a completely different reason. And then Doom and the Roadies also got two stars, so it's definitely in that vicinity. That's for sure. But we're not done yet. There's still more to come. So That was that was a one star type match. That was not two stars. It was very sloppy, very boring. Didn't really that's do anything what, I for think me. that's, you know, the issue is you get two heel tag teams in there. They don't really know what the hell to do to each other. <laughs> they don't know if they're coming or going when they're going against one of their own, you know? And, you well, know Doom, Doom have been teaming up for two months, and the Samoans, well, I'm not saying Fatu and Tama don't know each other. Like They were born at the same time, but at the same time, Fatu's been teaming with, with Samu, and then just kind of thrown out here together tonight. And now it's Luger World Champion versus U.S. Champion. This is the main event I would have booked for the entire card. World Champion versus U.S. Champion. Flair versus Luger here. Champion versus champion. Title for title. Star King. Oh, God. <laughs> it just sounds stupid coming from hearing Vince say Star like that. The granddaddy of them all. Oh, man. Dude can sell the shit out of a show in a 30-second <laughs> teaser. <laughs> but you could you imagine? Lex Luger probably would have it on his wall to this day, Steve. Lex Luger up in the sky 
posing with the, with that that Hogan pose. <laughs> Said Hogan like Lex Luger. Constellation of Lex Luger posing in the sky. Oh my god, that would have wrote itself. Dude, he would have had it on his ceiling. He would have had it his whole he ceiling painted. Went to like sleep that. looking at it. Do you see that, baby? That's why I wanted you to be on the bottom. <laughs> you could look at two Lex Lugers. <laughs> oh my god. That's probably why he signed with Vince in ninety three or ninety two. Vince promised him a WrestleMania six uh type opening for his pay per view. Well, that wasn't Missy Hyatt, but I'll take it. <laughs> oh man. And so here we go. It's Luger and Flair, the match I would have booked for our main event for the world title. I would have booked it for the main event of the tournament. Well, based on what they're doing with this tournament, they really they really couldn't. Well, I know that, but I'm just saying fantasy booking. If you're going to do a tournament, these are the two I'd have it come down to. Right. You know what? To be honest, I would actually have Luger and Sting do it. I wouldn't have had them open, start it. I would have had them finish it between those two. We already know Ric Flair. Well, we know Flair's booking, so <laughs> he's got to close the show. Well, that's fine, but it's stupid. Uh, I would put it in the hands of these two. You're the rest of the decade, Flair. You're you're the 80s. It's just future, future shock. Let's see who the future is. And um, I'm with you, man. I just feel like whoever wins these are the guys that they peg to carry the company into the into the 1990s. And um, that's what they should have done. And that's how they should have utilized it. Well, I think, and I don't want to give away too much too early in the pay-per-view, so I won't say too much right now, but... Um, as we get deeper into the tag team matches, I think the winners aren't necessarily who they wanted to project as the future, but I think they accomplished what they really wanted to on the, on the underneath. And they just kind of threw the bone to actually wins here, which will, it'll make more sense when it all plays out later on. But here we go with this one. Lex looks like he's getting some pops out there. Maybe that's for flair. I don't really know. Lex has been over though for a heel. But he's playing. He's playing with the crowd right now, so they must be anti Luger right at the moment. Probably chanting Horseman. See a lot of four symbols there. Luger, a former Horseman himself. It's amazing how much the the landscape changes. (laughs) We talked about how much it changed over '89, which it did immensely for the better. But just think about all the guys that come in throughout '90 as well. So this went on for a couple years, and then Dusty in 91. It wasn't until Bill Watts that we kind of, everything kind of started to slowly make, make a little sense as far as the roster goes. There wasn't a lot of influx and, and this, that, and the other going on. Of course, you always need a little, but it, it was crazy here in 89. All these guys, and I have a list that you won't believe here when we do the award show, the recap show, the year in review, if you will, of just, uh, do you remember these guys were even part of the company? It's been such a long year of guys coming in and, and going out. Yeah, I mean, there's so many of them and one-offs and they just pop up like Scott Armstrong was on last week's show. We, we had Brad Armstrong for like two matches. Yeah. Um, and then they're gone. And <laughs> obviously the Armstrongs are kind of memorable because they had, I mean, Brad came in and worked Flair and Luger in the same weekend. Yep. For, so, world, for both um, titles, and then just was <laughs> right back gone then, again. Then it was gone, so it's like, when you're working those guys, you obviously remember them, but yeah, I'm sure there's guys that we've seen January, February that I have no idea that we even seen. Uh, you, it feels like it's been forever, but it's not. But uh, 
I can't wait to hear the list there of guys that we've seen. See if yes. I remember all of them. <laughs> Lex taking it easy. That's what he likes to do at these beginning of these matches. Just nice and easy. A little bit of stalling. Don't do too much too soon. Gonna overpower Flair, but Flair, the veteran in the ring, sidesteps, gets Luger back in the corner. Flair's not giving giving him an open shot there. Oh. Luger. Eating some chops. I <laughs> thought he was no-selling for a second. Oh, we go. And back to the floor. Seems to be his forte as of late. That's what he did the whole time with Dick Murdoch. Do something, back to the floor. Do something, back to the floor. <laughs> Nobody does it better. That's right. Lex I will say, too, I remember when, we, uh, when he first turned heel, Mm-hmm. Or was it when he first turned heel or when he won the I don't remember that point where he, he was like in the perfect shape and then he just all of a sudden just got maxed to the gills. That was like way back at the beginning of the year when he won the US title. It was like he won the US title and a week later he was like ninety pounds heavier. Jack. Yeah. Yeah, after he beat Barry Windham. And uh I feel like he's that's the only cycle he's really been on because it seems like he's thinned down and got back into that tip-top shape where he's actually fast and moving pretty good he's like a, he's in, in between year. i don't know that he's ever been i don't think he's been well no it, as cut never, as he was early cycle. on yeah but yeah but he's it, not it as jacked like, as he was there earlier where the uh where the uh the necklace the chain <laughs> barely fit around his neck anymore <laughs> <laughs> right it just felt like ever since he started working pillman like he, he kind of cycled down and got smaller and you could really tell an improvement in his matches at that point. I remember when he beat up Ricky Steamboat, how <laughs> just bursted out of his shirt. <laughs> Poor a freaking button up. Like, man, it's not healthy. Now, too bad he didn't give that clothesline to Bonnie Steamboat. We might have seen more Steam Ricky Steamboat matches had that happened, but it just wasn't meant <laughs> to be. Steamboat might have been a part of this. It would have been interesting what they would have done with Steamboat the rest of the year. Who are you taking out, Muda? Mm, I don't know. I, I mean, do you do Steamboat uh, and Muda? I mean, do you even change? Do you even do this stupid Iron Man thing if you have that many top level talents? Do you retire yeah, Terry know. Funk when there's money left to be made? Oh man, could you imagine if those two transitioned and wrestled each other? Well, we got the clash with Steamer and Funk, but you know they didn't. There was no definitive winner, and obviously, uh, it was a bit hot <laughs> as well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you could have nice once double under Flair got done with Funk. You could have went Funk Steamboat Luger Flair or Luger Sting, whoever. Then Flair Muda. I, I don't know. Like Flair seems to be the odd man out here. Yeah, like, I hate it's it's crazy to sound or crazy to say, but well, he's already worked everybody. That's the thing. Yeah, I know, but it's just like crazy to think like. Okay, this main event scene would be okay if Flair wasn't there. Like, Ooh, nice they shot. have so many guys that would be fresh matchups, you know, if everything just goes in the order that it's supposed to go in. But every time you try to fantasy book or try to go somewhere, it's like, okay, but what do you do with Flair? Uh, what do you do with Flair? Right. So, like, he's not going to go down to mid card. No, he's going mean, to find himself something to do. 
Yeah. And I guess with Arn coming back, I guess you could put them together in some tag matches with somebody, but I don't even know who you do that with. Yeah, and so, I think realistically. I mean, I, the Steiners would have been good. Well, I know they peak in January. Is it January? I know they peak uh, ratings-wise with Flair and Arn versus the Rock and Rolls, so you can't tell me that there aren't Crockett, diehard Crockett fans still watching and waiting for this to kind of go back to where it was. Um, when just out of the blue, you do Flair and Arn versus the Rock and Roll Express, and your number, you get a whole extra point. In 1990. What the hell took, the hell well, took so long to bring the Rock and Rolls back, if that's the case? Well, you know, there were there were things. <laughs> I'm actually surprised Jim Herbert won a team that looks like that, to be honest with you. Of course, the Rock and Roll's never really reached that pinnacle again. Not that they needed to in the 90s. They were great in Smoky Mountain on that level. I don't know that I would have bought oh, them as yeah. world tag team champions with the teams here in WCW at this point, though. No, like, you really can. They're just the days of like the Fantastics and the Midnights and the Rock and Rolls going round and round are, are over by this point. Um, the roadies were always there because they were kind of feuding with the bigger guys. So you, you kind of had your U S and your world tag champs to where the U S kind of feels like the, the money matches, whereas the world were just the big power guys. So, um, you don't have that dynamic anymore, but man, they just think though, like you have the score. Look at, look at that. Oh my God. Flair (laughs) 20 Luger 20 sting 20 Muda. Zero. Zero. Just embarrassing. One match left. I bet that's where he quit, Steve. I bet that's where he mentally quit when they put that on the screen. He's like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck you guys. I'm done. <laughs> Assholes. He's watching the video. <laughs> no, but I was having fun thinking that he was. <laughs> Gary Hart's probably talking about that. Did you see those guy gene? Did you see what those guy gene just did on the pay-per-view? Totally they don't respect you, Muda. They're getting ready to fire me, so you should quit. I'm a douche. Do you think it's a coincidence that Gary Hart's fired right at around the same time Muda's gone? I don't. I guess they were the the package deal. I guess. Why did they fire Gary Hart? You know, I, I'd have or? to read the Observer, but I know that he just kind of gets canned there because the plan, remember, was supposed to be the Horseman versus JTEX moving into the new year, and then it just kind of changes, and Gary Hart gets the boot from the company. I'll be mad. So that's what They're I'm probably thinking. Mad. Gary Hart's the fall guy for them not being able to retain Muda. Well, if let's he's, be honest, without the, Muda, I mean, that's yeah, JTEX. There's no JTEX left. It's Buzz Sawyer. And I'm not knocking Buzz Sawyer, but you can't have a JTEX with one guy. And you can't trust Buzz Sawyer from one <laughs> You don't know Buzz Sawyer's going to be here Sawyer. next week, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And Kendo Nagasaki's not it either. Kendo <laughs> Nagasaki has no business even. I, I don't know whose idea that was. I, I like don't you know. Said, once I, he lost the hat, man, it was all done for him. Yeah. <laughs> that suit and hat, it worked for a couple <laughs> weeks. And then, you know, changed his name. He's the Dragon Master, and he's wearing this ridiculous garb, this Jap- sensationalized Japanese garb when he comes out to wrestle and lost the suit, uh, lost the hat. No more odd job. No thanks. Uh, yep. Garbage. Exposed with his belt, uh, 19- 1950s <laughs> judo chop spots. Oh, man. So I'm wondering if he's just the fall guy, though. That makes sense. And then, they're not going to take responsibility for this terrible booking that they gave him at Starcade, but they're not, we can't blame we can't blame that on Muda leaving. It's Gary no, Hart's I fault. Mean, you can't. 
It's Jim Hurd's fault, I think, the the booking of Muda here because he picked the guys oh, yeah, that he wanted yeah. in this. That's, and that's what I'm saying. Like, now like you got these bookers. You can only book. Yeah, you can only book what you can book. You got six matches. <laughs> you know, somebody's got to lose. And Hurd picked the winner. You know, Hurd picked the winners. Or oh, maybe I, I'm sure. Matt tried I'm sure. To pick the winners. I'm sure he had some say. Out of some things. Well, I'm sure um, he had some say. Because me and you both felt like, well, we won't talk about it just yet. We still got a few more matches to go, but Luger um, with a near fall there. But I'm, I'm just saying they're not going to take responsibility. Nobody takes responsibility for anything, so they're just blaming Gary Hart. You didn't keep him. Yeah, well, you booked him like shit for six months. So I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, everybody in, in in general dropped the ball. It's it's just a big what if. What if Muda had stayed? What we have seen in 1990. You talk about there's, what 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 Luger could have done while Flair was with Sting. I mean, there's 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 that too. I don't know. There's a lot of things to think about. Yeah. Oh, Luger. Revving up. Oh, he's smiling for you. He's smiling for you, Steve. Right in the camera at you. <laughs> That's my boy. Flare yeah, on the outside know, now. Man. It's so crazy to think about. 90. Damn ACL. One of my favorite years, just because it's so cra- all kinds of shit going on. It's crazy. In and oh, out. I love and, 90. And of course, <laughs> Eligante. You can't forget Eligante. Too. Oh, across the top rope. Flair's throat. I love that's, ninety. That's a that's it's, a hell of a sell uh, job. Eligante, Black Scorpion, quality shit, man. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Luger choking away at the Nature Boy. Too bad they couldn't steal some. Too bad they couldn't buy out Rude's contract or something. Could you imagine if he was the Black Scorpion? I I know the whole non compete and he had to write out his contract and all that. Yeah, shit. for like that's another like, year. Yeah, he another year yeah, on this but contract. Could you imagine if lawyers could have got involved and they came up with something? Right. And I wouldn't have waited. I wouldn't have waited till December to to approach the WWF about it. I would have done it as soon as they got wind that he was done after what was it, SummerSlam? You know, I haven't I read those. I haven't read those observers in a long time, but I feel like there was a lot of thought within the WWF at least for a couple months that Rude would return. He was blowing off steam. They'd work out a deal. He'd come back. They hadn't really given up on him, I don't think, by that point. But yeah, fantasy booking wise, I think that would have been awesome. That would have been great. Could you? They'd oh my it. god! Because every, I mean, he would have been coming off the hot, coming off the SummerSlam with the Warrior. He started working with the Boss Man. Everybody knows who Rick mm-hmm. Rude is. And then oh, yeah. that that would have been uh, tremendous. That would have been great stuff. Sting and Rude. Yeah, would have been something just imagine else. Imagine the the visuals. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It would have probably took Turner a lot of money. Uh, oh, up and over. Um, and there goes the camera. Would have took- <laughs> oh, the oh, clothesline. Nice. It would have took a lot of money because if you just think about it, if he popped up on Starcade under the hood and they debuted him there, hell, I would have even given him the title. Let, let's be honest. I would have gave it to him. I would have pulled the trigger. And uh, everything, the whole the the whole wrestling world would have been talking about NWA, WCW at the, at that point. You just took a guy that main evented WWF SummerSlam and put him in your main event on your biggest show and gave him the title. Like yeah, that's instead they time. they debut him a year later under a mask against the Z Man. 
So. And it means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Flair with a slingshot sunset flip. You don't see that People every day. I about him by then, you know? Yeah. Obviously, everybody knows who Rick Rude is, but that momentum is and gone. Tony Schiavone fucking ruined that whole deal. Huh. Yeah. Somebody calls that the Rude Awakening. Fucking Tony. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, Lord. You know, this no, match, just... I'm, gonna, I'm not going to tell anybody who wins this match, but I'm going to play spoiler here as far as uh, letting everybody, this does not go to a draw. And even though they say that this has a 15-minute time limit, this match clocks in at 17 minutes and 10 seconds. So they're uh, giving these guys all the time they need to tell the story. Oh, yeah. You think there's some mark in the crowd with the stopwatch? Absolutely. That went 17 minutes. Hey, this should have been over. We're at 1530. How do you know that? I got a stopwatch. You effing you idiot. <laughs> oh, Lord. Nature Boy going back to the top. I don't know how wise that is. You are Ric Flair after. Oh, Luger caught him. <laughs> somebody, I seen somebody on Facebook Ooh. earlier posted. Somebody should have just let Rick. Has Ric Flair ever done anything off the top? Somebody should just let him do something because I don't think he has any idea what he would do if he did get up there. And I'm like, he came off the top all the time in 1989 when he was a face. Yeah. Anytime like, he's he freaking a face. 93. It. Yeah. I'm like, he won the world title from Harley Race with the crossbody. Crossbody. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so, so I'm like, uh, he's come off the top. Oh, quite figure a bit. four. Look at that selling right there. That's not Luger's Muda. Not <laughs> yeah, Luger's selling big. He's selling like he's a good guy. He's selling like he's a face here. He's doing a great job. Referee going to count him down. Remember, he did this spot with Dick Murdoch, too. Boom, right there. Yeah. Flair thinks he won them with a three count, but no. What? We we are a draw. Yeah, it is a draw. So they went 17 in minutes and 10 seconds into a draw. Okay. I thought somebody got the win there. I knew they went longer than the 15, but apparently they still call a draw out of it. So they gave him a couple extra minutes to get to that figure four spot. Not a bad match. I know we didn't no, talk it was about good. it a lot. So Flair so almost, the story there is Flair almost had Luger pinned so that Weasley Luger outlasted the time limit by one second because referee one, two, Luger gets up, and oh, the time's, time has elapsed. That's it. There's Capetta down there waving it off. And Demeltz gives that the biggest star rating of the night, three and three-quarter stars. For Flair and Luger. It was fun. It wasn't... I, I think Starcade 88 was certainly better. I think there's stuff moving forward was better, too. But that was a fun fun show, fun match there. Oh, man. So we got next. Steiners and the Samoans? It's the Steiners. Every time we see a tag team match moving forward, it is all Samoans all the time. There's Humperdink. Boy, did that guy have nine lives, Humperdink, here as a manager. Was he terrible? I thought he did it. I thought he was, he was the man. You know how Bobby was one of the managers of, of the AWA in the 80 or the seventies. Humperdinck was the manager in Florida for a very long period of time, the manager. Um, but I just, he didn't really do a lot, whole lot for me in these other incarnations. This fucking big kahuna, Lou Albano meets Samoan ripoff. It's almost like he channeled Lou Albano from the head shrinker days before Lou Albano was a head shrinker. <laughs> I don't know. And then, <laughs> Big Daddy Dink, don't even get me started on that one. And that was all Dusty, obviously. Knew him back from Florida. Going to give Big Daddy Dink a job as a secondary manager of the Freebirds. 
Yeah, I don't really know him much for like the Bam Bam run in, in WWF, so I don't I haven't seen a lot of Florida. So I, I I mean I don't know enough about him to even have an opinion. Uh I mean he never really offended me as a manager, but I never really seen him do anything or be involved with anything that was relevant, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's Bam nothing Bam wrong with manager. his run. I, there's just certain managers I think fit the territory system or a specific area or, or the territory system or things like that much better than the national landscape. And Humperdinck was just one of those guys for me. And I'm not saying yeah. I, I didn't mind him. I, I thought he kind of looked goofy with Bam Bam Bigelow, just his attire in the WWF. But I didn't know no different when when it was happening. So I bought into that. Yeah. I I'm, I wasn't. So it just were, it just makes sense for me, and of course he stuck with Bammer. Beyond that, he came into the NWA with Bigelow later on in '80. Look at Rick Steiner sliding down the uh, ramp there, or trying to anyway. It makes you wonder if they had more plans for Humperdinck in the WWF, and then they realized it wasn't really working. Well, they gave more Dorf. Kidnapped that kid. And, but yeah, they, they did. Kidnapped that kid. They've been doing that on World Championship Wrestling. This is a little bit different. This is yeah, it's a little a, different when the dude giant like, arena, not in fucking four rows oh, of people. Shit. Look at that. Put there him in the go. seat. Hang out, buddy. No, that's front row right there. Don't mess with that kid's hair. You, you don't know him. Him? He's not a fucking dog. What the hell? I had that exact haircut, bro. Three lines on the side and spikes you have up. Those exact, uh, you have those exact trifocals, no, I wasn't. Too? I wasn't blind that early. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I, I will say, man, when I went and got my glasses, it was like seventh grade. Well, now there's two of them out here. And... Uh, <laughs> He's like, how did you ever make it through elementary school without getting glasses? Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's how bad my eyes were. Oh, well, we so, got three. Uh, oh, everybody's down. Scotty's like, I'm not doing this shit. Oh, he's thinking about it. <laughs> Here we go. Took Scotty a little more convincing. We had all four guys down on their hands and knees. He's used to that, right? With the uh, the wrestling background, right? <laughs> Rick Steiner just spanked, just, just spanked his brother. <laughs> You notice Scott's changing his gear every every match, but Rick's staying in the same one. I believe that. And yeah, I, I see. I, I mean, I wouldn't have noticed it, but yeah, I do see Scotty's wearing something different and Rick's still rocking the blue and green. Yeah, Scott's. Oh, this is tell. fun here. This is fun here. The Samoans keep trying to do their ritual and Rick Steiner keeps coming over and doing it with them and they keep getting pissed off. This is great. <laughs> Rick's always finding something fun to do. Oh yeah. This seems like Scott is more maybe more invested in getting himself over. <laughs> Rick's Kinda just like, here know, to have he's, he's Rick's like Sting, man. He's just here to have fun and and be yeah, people. Yeah, pretty much. Where Scott's like, "Okay, Luger's changing his gear. I'm going to do that too. I want to stand out and look different each match." There, there he goes again. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's good stuff. Man. He's still doing it. There we go. Oh, man. Fun stuff by Rick Steiner there. <laughs> Look at Scott just laughing. I'm like, dude, what the hell are you going to do? Here's the thing, though. Like, these two going at it, these two teams, in real life, a real life fight, <laughs> who are you taking? Who you got? It's gonna be a train wreck, that's for sure. Somebody's somebody's. I don't gonna... think anybody's winning yeah, <laughs> in a real life fight between these four. So in kayfabe world, the Steiners have thirty five points, and the Samoans have twenty points. So if the Samoans win here, they have forty points, which would eliminate the Steiners. They're done. This is their final match 
of the night. And if the Steiners win here, obviously the Samoans cannot make a comeback, I don't think, right? They, the Steiners are at 45. So the Samoans still have to wrestle the roadies, but they still couldn't beat the Steiners. So this is a very important match in the kayfabe world anyway. Well, if the Steiners win, the tournament's over. Because they'd have 55. The most any team can get is 40. So the yeah. tournament would be over. Right. If they won by pin, yeah, or submission. Yeah. Yep. Now, if they win by, what, is it count out where they get 15? 15. Or is it a DQ draw? Is, yeah. DQ's 10. A draw is 5. So all they got to do is win by a DQ. Oh, he's got a, another piece of hair. Some Samoan <laughs> hair there. There you Sticks go. it under his head. <laughs> under in his headgear. Head there you go. <laughs> oh, Rick. Oh, shit. You never cease to entertain. 12 months of pure uh, enjoyment. Pure Rick enjoyment. Made. Absolutely. <laughs> he's got that tail hanging in his face and, now. And it's not just one way he's entertaining. He's entertaining every aspect uh, yeah. of his character. Well, maybe, not the, maybe not the promos. Maybe not the promos. Saw, even them, like some of them are pretty damn funny. Some of them aren't, uh, but then the other ones are incoherent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in general, like throughout the year, he's entertained as one oh, way yeah. or the other. Oh, man. That, ooh, they're getting into it with this guy. I got better watch what he's doing. That guy looks like he works some uh, local indie shows. <laughs> he's going on about his hair. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Time to stall. This match must be going long. Samoa's doing some stalling up the uh, aisle way. We just saw this match. This was the last match we saw in the last grenade on the main event. It was uh, the Steiners and the Samoans. I think it was Fatu and Samu, though, so it was a different incarnation. So the last match is Flair Sting. Yes. We've got Luger and Muda coming up next, and we'll close out the tag division with the Samoans and the Roadies, and then finally it'll be Sting and Flair, the the good buddies, will have to get it on for for the main event of the night. Mm, eat that, Ricky. Smallins ain't gonna go out like no punk bitches. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> There's a Steiner Ooh. line in return. So Rick Steiner can play that game too. And he threw the hair at him. Awesome. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Great cherry on top there. Savage rolls out of the ring and then, or Fatu rolls out of the ring and then Rick Steiner throws that piece of hair at him. And now Savage comes in illegally, switches places with his brother. And this referee, it's so crazy. Mike like, Atkins. Uh, this should be Tommy Young, I should mention, by the way, Steve. I, I hate to not mention Tommy Young's name here on the last watch along. Of course, he recently got injured, basically ended his career in that match on World Championship Wrestling. So now we're stuck with Mike Atkins on pay-per-view instead of Tommy Young. Rick, going to crawl around? <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, oh, <laughs> we got to kill 10 minutes? Oh, all right. No problem. Scott Sider going to come in. He's not going to play around as much. He's just going to start throwing throwing the Samoans around if they let him. Rick's like you, and I'm like Scott. <laughs> no nonsense. Let's just get this shit done. Whereas you're all about having fun like Rick here. 
prompt face lock. Don't slow it down, Scotty. Everything was going, ooh, nice amateur move there. He rolls through. He's looking for a cradle. There we go. Nice move. Nice. nice little wrestling move there by Scott Steiner. But he doesn't get the job done. The Samoans talking about hair pulling? It's not very Samoan-y. That's not going, that's not regression. They're not going back to the islands and tribal bullshit and everything. They're talking about wor- worry about hair pulling. <laughs> I wonder if those kids are still ringside. I think they're there the whole time, the whole match. Uh, good question. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen them. Too we didn't get like a Shawn Michaels spot where they eat a chim, you know, sweet chim music. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that would be great. If, like, one of them took a Steiner line or, like, fucking just bulldozed both of them with the same arm. Like, oh, he killed them both. That's great. Oh, Jesus. Black, black screen's coming up on that one. Weren't as many lawsuits back then either. Might, might oh, have got man. away with it. I'm not seeing them out there. I don't know if they, they're still out there. They're on the other side by the, the Steiners, so they don't, I don't know if they'll even pop up unless they go over there. Old Rikishi out there. Humperdinck checking out. Yeah, massive, man. Look how small he is there. Uh Uh-oh, Samoan's going to go at it. How many times do you think these two (laughs) duked it out growing up? Hundreds. (laughs) Rick's sitting there applauding. Rick's saying, yeah, go on. It is kind of funny when you think about it for a minute there. You got Rick Steiner and Scott Steiner. They're brothers, obviously. And then Fatu and Tama are twin brothers. So it's the battle of brothers here. Oh, they're going to hug it out. Ricky, Rick don't like that too much. Uh, you see him shake his hand? Like, yeah, hey. it's a little weird. <laughs> we'll go with weird. Oh, man. Oh, Scott looking for the Frankenstein. He loves that bomb, too. Well, at least he didn't land directly on his head that time. Could have been. <laughs> yeah, he likes missing the clothesline and going flying over the top. He, he loves them holding on the. He loves holding on, them holding Uh-oh. on to the ropes. Oh, crotched on the guardrail. Ooh, poor Scotty. No, time to get see. So those kids are gone. Time to get some heat on Scott Steiner for God, the third third time again. tonight. <laughs> yeah, third time tonight. Poor Scott Steiner. Uh, Rick, you go into all the goofy shit. I guess I'll take all the heat and uh, you come in and hit us some Steiner lines and we'll take it we'll home. Go home. Yeah. Jeez. Rick's happy. He's finally with a partner that can. Make the team look good. He's been stuck with Kevin Sullivan and Mike Rotunda for months or years heading into this this year. Yeah, Rick's been forced to, in between the comedy, have to do the wrestling uh, aspect of it. Not that he still doesn't, but now he can rely on Scott to do a lot of the wrestling, and Rick can just kind of have a little f- more fun than usual, and it works out that way. Yeah, here we go. Heat number three on Scott Steiner for the night. Poor Scott, man. He's just <laughs> getting mauled all night long. Getting eaten up by these Samoans now. Not a bad match. This is already better than their match on the main event. Scott gets his foot on the rope to stop the count. And Rick's biting the ass of one of the Samoans now. There we go. Oh, they were biting Scott, so Rick returns the favor there. Ooh. Wow, they hit him pretty good. Double clothesline. (laughs) 
Going to keep Scotty in their corner. I know at some point, I believe Samu does come back, but it just seemed odd that you would suspend him right before a pay-per-view. Like, oh, wow, right behind the referee's back. And Scott goes flying over the top rope to the floor. I don't think there's been a match where Scott hasn't been went sailing over the top rope yet uh, tonight. <laughs> he loves it. He loves that spot, man. That's his go-to. That's what I do. When did the wheels fall? The wheels didn't fall off the Steiner brothers until they broke up. I'd argue, well, I never, I thought their WWF run was a a fucking. Well, uh, not their fault. No, I don't think that's their fault at all. It's just a wasted uh, period of time in their career. Um, So I will say like, I watched the Scott Steiner shoot and read. That was something. I mean, he didn't really, I can only imagine. He didn't really divulge much. Um, I don't think he remembers much. <laughs> he doesn't care. I, he honestly doesn't care. Right. I don't think um, uh, about what happened. Or, I mean, if he if he was if he didn't like the person, he could talk. Just go just go ask him about Triple H. Um, <laughs> but he did say he's like in '93. Vince was so consumed with like the steroid trial and things like that that he just wasn't around right. enough. And he, he felt like nobody really had the attention paid to him that they needed to get elevated or get over. Um, I argue there so, weren't really any teams there to get them over and have Steiner brother level matches with in 1993. The, the Samoans. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, how many times can you wrestle the Samoans for a year? You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, I mean, the nasty boys left, right? Nobody wants to see that. Um, <laughs> not 1993 loved it in 1990 and that's another uh, really good match yeah, Nas- yeah nasties are still fighting for a contract at that point though. bro the nasty boys were two years deep in the wwf they, they were so far gone <laughs> there's yeah. no chance um, Ooh, double super kick Scott their, to, ooh. their match at um SummerSlam with the heavenly bodies wasn't bad it's a good match probably the best match on the card wrestling wise i'm not arguing that but again uh, i just don't i just don't think vince is going to be invested in a team like the heavenly bodies no matter how good like, they are in the ring i just feel like the ship had sailed with vince and tag teams at that point to be honest with you he's like yeah i got the styers but he didn't really care about the tag team division in general not like he used to yeah, yeah, it just wasn't, it wasn't stocked. The cupboard wasn't full, you know. Well, you know, Scott was too good for his own damn good early on. 91, they tried to make him a singles. He didn't, he argued, he didn't want to do it. That's why we got Scott and Flair at the Clash. He didn't want mm-hmm. to do it. He refused to leave his brother. Uh, Bill Watts wanted to do it, pull the trigger on it again in 92. And he got into it pretty good with Bill Watts. There's a story about the, in the locker room, Bill Watts got into it with him. And Bill Watts said, if I was 15 Ooh, years nice younger, oh, nice power slam. And Bill Watts told Scott Steiner, if I was 15 years younger, and Scotty cuts him, cuts him off and says, if you were 15 years younger, I'd kick your fucking ass. That's how Scott Steiner handled Bill Watts. So you see how Scott gave a fuck about anybody. <laughs> I mean, that's well, your dude, boss, you know. You know, he, he uh, he's a badass, and he can hurt you, for real. And when you have that ability to be able to do that, you're screwed. Like unless he cares and is going to play ball, you really got nothing. I mean, you, you there got it is. Nothing. Boom. Frankensteiner. Oh, all right on his head. Spike Love it. it. Frankensteiner, baby. It's now, not a moment. I wish you would have no sold it. Yeah, that would well, <laughs> can't on that. Oh. Move. <laughs> he would, you saw yeah, what he would have did. Just ask Blake Beverly. 
<laughs> oh god <sighs> i love that one might, might be the best uh frankensteiner ever oh man but yeah i just think like when he knows he's a badass like he's not gonna play ball unless he wants to so i gotta question that they do a frankensteiner and then they go into a sunset flip spot just seems odd <laughs> it does <laughs> it's a little weird there like i think that would have been a perfect time to make a hot tag if you're if this turns into the hot tag, I'm not really in agreement with it. Uh, Samoa misses the splash. Scotty looks like he I will is say, though, edging like, towards it. I'm glad. Like, the Steiners seem to be that team that they did unconventional things. Not the WWF, but just in general, yep. like, throughout their career. Like, we got the Sting and Luger versus the Boom. Steiners match and, and, and stuff like that that you didn't normally get. Right. Ooh, and they just those. didn't give a shit. They just went out there. So, like, it's nice yep. and refreshing to see a power team. Wow. Willing to sell and uh, wow, what's going on here? I'll tell you what just went. On. I hope they show this in this replay because that's something the NWA would do. However, if they were the WWF, they would never show this again. Scott Steiner behind the referee's back, backdropped one of the Samoans out of the ring while the referee was with Rick Steiner and the other Samoan. Then, out of nowhere, he realizes <laughs> you know what, whatever is supposed to go down. And he calls for the bell. Never saw it. Never even looked in the direction. So the Samoans are going to win again. A disqualification victory over the Steiners here, which kind of screws the Steiners pretty good. Samoans going to go, what's that? That's a DQ. That's 10 points. Samoans at 30. The Steiners at 35. And the roadies at 20. And here we're going to, oh, they are going to show it again. Here we go. Referee, not looking, not looking. Here you go. See that? Oh, Oh, he saw it there. Uh, If you say so. He saw him land (laughs) and he's not even calling for the bell yet though. He hasn't called for the bell yet. Somebody over here tells him to call for the bell. And then he calls again. That should have been Tommy young. Thank you. Not Mike Atkins. Had there been Tommy young, Tommy young. And it should have been Dan Spivey. Poor, poor Tommy young. What a way to go out. A micro tunda Tommy rich match. Jesus. Micro tennis on TV like once a month, and that's what Tommy Young gets. <laughs> oh my gosh. Muda looking worse for wear here. His paint's almost gone. He doesn't give a shit. It's just, he's like, off, this is it. I'm done. It's my final match of the night. It's Lex Luger and Muda, which on paper is pretty cool. Both heels. So you weren't going to get this match any other way exactly. than in a situation like that's this. That's the so. only benefit of this tournament is getting these matches that you don't necessarily get. I'm actually intrigued to uh, see like, how these two work this because, as you said, Luger's not one to call a match, but Luger's, does, you know, Muda's probably not fluent in English. I know he can speak English, but I don't know if he can sit here and call an entire match out to Lex Luger here. So it's going to be interesting. Oh, uh, look at Luger selling the leg. Oh, he had that, that figure, figure four, four on for about 30 seconds. That's right, man. Look at this guy. Uh, he's Bret Hart in it. I think there's a little possum here. Poor Lex. Classic Hill. Classic, he has to come out here one more time and wrestle with a bum knee. Why are you doing this to him? Muda walking into this with <laughs> zero points. Lex Luger, of course, oh, won his match earlier tonight with Sting and then went to the draw with Flair. So Luger walking in with 25 points. Muda can't do anything at this point. He can't even. Yeah, he, he's out. He's, he's eliminated. The point so of this Sting match is. And- Unbeknownst to me. We're stinging the uh, flare at point wise. Um, I think we got flare with 25 because flare beat Muda and then flare drew with Luger. So we got flare with 25 and then sting with 20 because sting lost to Luger 
and then he beat Muda. Muda. So Flair has 25, so. Luger has 25 right now, and Sting with 20, Muda with zero. So again, if you're keeping track of this at home and know the remaining match, Luger can win the tournament by winning this match. Yes. Or they know he'd have a draw. He, well, if draw. Flair won, he, so could, Luger he, needs draw, to win. he could draw with Flair. Luger needs to win, and Flair needs to do anything but win by pin or submission. For Luger to win, yeah. And, and then, then they, they've already they've already announced also, at some point in this pay-per-view, I don't know which match it is, randomly, they just bring it up out of nowhere, that if there's a tie at the end of the night, they will have a wrestle-off, so there will be another match to determine who the winner is, should there be a tie. So the, I think I feel like they did a better job outside of Muda booking the singles because it's not as cut and dry. Like if <laughs> they didn't back themselves in a corner like they did with the Steiners, if the Steiners win, they won the tournament and there's still well, a match to go. No, that there's there's three teams in the fight here for the tag too though because the Samoans are walking into the well, next no, match I mean, with thirty points, is, the Roadies with twenty, the and the Steiners with thirty five. So all three of these teams uh, can still win it too. So they're. Well, I meant I meant going into the match last the last match with the Samoans. If the Steiners right. won by pin, the tournament's over. Right. Oh, Luger, so there that, you go. That's what I meant there. There's your boy selling. You see that Luger with the leapfrog came down on that bum leg and collapsed, and Muda going right out, at it. Right. I like this. I like this. Love it. Muda going right at that leg. Excellent. Excellent that's, story. Probably talked about this in the back. All right, we both. Neither one of us. I don't speak Japanese. You don't speak very good English. I'm not calling the match. Just work my leg. <laughs> All right, work the leg. I'll, I'll hobble to the ring so you know which one. Yeah, I don't want to sound ignorant and say that Buddha doesn't speak, you know, uh, fluent no, English know. because just, he's been around for, I mean, he worked Florida. You know, he worked the States quite a bit in the mid and late eight, Dallas. So I'm sure he, he speaks English. It's just yeah. calling an entire match. So I get what you're saying. I think it's a level of Lex is probably, Lex is probably sitting there like, I don't want to do anything, and you don't want to do anything for a completely different reason. So let's just, you know, whatever. Just kick my leg, and but it's great. Look at Luger selling, like crawling out on his belly, <laughs> falling to the floor just to get away. And Muda's ooh right there on him. I love it for a match that's just been kicking a leg. It's been tremendous. That's great. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to call him. I'm not trying to say make him sound angry. I'm just saying like it's probably easier for them to just map it out in the back and go get, go do it. Like yeah, you said, and it's simple storytelling. Like, you know, Luger's out here with the bum leg, and Muda's going after the bum leg. And yeah, and Muda's, you know, Muda's like, I'm I'm out after this, so I don't give a shit. <laughs> Luger's like, I'm not winning, so I don't give a shit either. Let's go. <laughs> Let's just get this done and over with. Muda not going to go into I would have liked to have seen him lock in something a little more vicious looking than this, but I'll take it. Yeah, well, when you're mentally done, like, you don't care. I will say though, I I know it's shit booking, and he's looked point wise, he looks like total shit, obviously. But out of all the wrestlers, teams, and everything, I feel like Muda's look arguably is one of the best. He's done every <laughs> oh, spot, yeah. every move. He's looked excellent. Well, he looks he's flawless even shit. when he's not trying. We've seen him try, and how fast and insane yeah. he is. I mean, when he's not trying, he's still better than ninety five percent of the roster. <laughs> Exactly. He he still looks awesome and as a top guy, even though he has zero points and he can't beat Sting, Flair, or Luger or whoever. I don't know the outcome of this match. I couldn't tell you, but um, he's obviously getting the shaft booking wise, but he still looks excellent. Look at that. He took a 
he's laying the groundwork for Bret Hart's cells in the future. Bret Hart got it from Lex Luger. Wow, that's that's a bold statement. I think that's that's where we lose a few listeners, probably right there. (laughs) I'm just joking. (laughs) (laughs) But this does look like a typical hell. This looks like Bret Hart at Royal Rumble. Yeah, although this match is more entertaining uh, for me, anyway. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Luger does not want anything to do with Muda. Ooh, look at him just kind of doing some ninja work there. <laughs> Sliding in. That's all this match has been, just going going to the leg. And it's a good thing this is yeah. Luger's last match of the night because I don't know if he'd make it to another one. Oh, see, right. Oh, oh really? That was nice. Ooh, and a handspring elbow to boot. I thought he was going to collapse. Great. I was going to give him shit for not collapsing, but man, that stagger into the corner and Muda following up. And he still made it in the corner in time for Muda to get that in. Storytelling-wise, this might right be on. my favorite match of the night. Now, wrestling-wise, I don't know. Luger accidentally applying the dragon sleeper here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a wrestling hold? So- that was an accident. So weak, man. <laughs> that toehold's so weak. Oh, man. I think uh, I think we got more out of uh, Luger and Flair action-wise, but I, I think I like the story here. I do, too. This, this, this shows you what they could have had. You know, yeah, I was, I was very curious how they were going to do this with both guys being heels, but I thought they... They they've taken a good good direction with it. Yeah, I agree. This is this is like a teaser of what could have been in ninety. They would have pulled the trigger on Moody. I think I just saw Lex Luger call a spot. I think he told him to <laughs> kick my leg out of my leg. Well, yeah, Ali called this spot earlier. Uh, nah, I ain't doing that, buddy. <laughs> he shut it down. He's still wandering around the ring. I don't know that Lex has had much, uh, much, much of offense by any means since the uh, start of this match. He he collapsed on that uh, leapfrog, and it's been all Muda since then. Just Luger cowering away and trying to run away, escape, and Muda's everywhere. Luger goes. Muda's already there. Good stuff. You know. You know. I was just thinking if they did turn Muda hit face, and he stuck around, you could easily had Muda uh, or you know Muda to be in a match or something and then Luger come out and attack him or something at Wrestle War and then them two can feud until well, Flair and Sting there's proof right done. here that they can easily work a match we uh, a oh, few yeah. matches I mean we've seen the proof just here just in uh, your basic fundamentals you could move Muda up and get for that go for that US title and uh, that would have been an excellent feud and there's then Granny in the front row leaving she's not impressed with this match see you later Granny give it to Give it to Muda. Oh, he's gonna work. Oh, is he gonna go for it? The Muda lock. The Muda lock. Pretty Let's close to it. the ropes. He's playing to the crowd. Look at him. Look at him. Keeps, he, he keeps flinching. I love it. He's like, so, oh, there we go. Now there it is. Now we got it for the first time tonight. The Muda lock. Could have been. I was really concerned coming in. It was a very big contrast in styles, and they're both heels, and Luger's not really good at calling matches, and now they've done a yeah. good job, and they've really taught me that, yeah, this could have worked. You could have got a couple matches oh, yeah, out of this. 
this could have been amazing if done properly. Yeah, Luger obviously would have to sell it on promos, but sell it on promos. But we know he can do that. There's the reminder. It's just like Muda's an afterthought. We're watching this match, and they remind us that Muda has zero. I completely forgot about the point system. I was just enjoying this match, and then they, boom, right there, just remind you. Oh, yeah, that's right. This is part of the tournament, and Muda has zero, so even if he wins, it's basically irrelevant. It's nothing for Muda. You really only need to worry about Luger here. That's basically what they're telling you. Luger needs some points here to even have a shot, and that's all that matters. Gary Hart just kind of standing out there doing absolutely nothing. Ruining shit for everybody. Thanks, Gary Hart. Not the uh, first time in his career. (laughs) And you know, like, well, we'll talk about it after this is over. Sure. We're getting close, right? Oh, I have no idea. (laughs) I don't even know where we are time-wise in this match. Oh, spin kick out of nowhere. Wow. I don't know how far we are into this match. That's the first, like, well, we got that handspring elbow in the corner. But outside of that, that was like the first real offensive move, if you want to call it one. Um, obviously, Moody's been working the leg the whole time. That spin kick just came out lightning quick to, to the face of Luger. And now he's selling the back of his head instead. <laughs> he's selling everything. It is called a spot there, too. Lex looking the, definitely the worst for wear. If he can just make it through here. For, he's just looking for five points at this point. Poor Lex, yeah. man. He's getting the long matches. He worked Flair for 17. Ooh, the clothesline. One, Luger's first move of the match, maybe. And, of course, it's the clothesline. And that might give him a minute to recover. Yeah, he did have the longest matches of the night. Worked 17 minutes with Flair. I know this match, I have it clocked in at uh, 11.45, according to Wikipedia, anyway. What do you do, what do, you do with Sting? Uh, I'll have to scroll back up. I feel like I'm going fin- to miss the finish here if I scroll up and look right now. They're trading shots with each other. 11.30. 12 minutes. 11, yeah. yeah. So he's about 40 minutes in the ring here. Backdrop. This is like the only really good match of Muda. Although obviously the flare match was all just a big <laughs> dog and pony show. Yeah. But this is, uh, I think kind of just felt like it was there. We've seen it so many times throughout the Yeah, but it wasn't, it, it wasn't so. one of their, it wasn't one of their better matches either. Sting and Muda, but this one I, I'm digging this. Whoa. That was, uh, <laughs> Oh man. No, that wasn't pretty. The wheels are falling off. Yeah. Now no. they are three moves in a row. That they whiffed that hip toss. Muda tried to take it anyway. Then Luger looked like he was going to stomp him and barely touched him. Then he tried to throw Muda out of the ring, but let go, and Muda threw himself out of the ring. Oh, here we go, back in. Muda coming up with the slingshot. I feel like this is, yeah. Luger grabbing the rope. Ooh, Nick Patrick kicks his hands. One, two. Oh, Muda almost walked out with some points tonight. <laughs> There it is, the power slam. Now Lex is feeling it. Still hobbled, but he's calling for the rack. Is Muda going to counter? No. Can Luger do it? His legs, huh? Oh, just blew the mist in his face in the middle of nowhere. That's a disqualification. 
So that's yeah. Like you have that Steiner's match where did they call it? That's it. Disqualification. Muda right in front of the referee missed it. Lex Luger. Couple stomps. I'm getting the hell out of here. F this place. (laughs) He's gone, dude. Luger tried to rack Muda. It looked like Luger's leg kind of buckled, so Muda landed back on his feet. Luger turned around right into the mist. And I guess the story there is Muda didn't give a shit anymore, because, and in real life too probably, because he had zero points. What did he have to lose other than losing again? So here we go. Miss to the face of Luger, which gives Luger a DQ win, which really he's, that is playing spoiler. Instead of Luger getting 20 points, Luger will get 10 points there. So yeah, that'll 35. leave Luger with 35. As this uh, lady, I wanted to call her a lovely lady, but I don't know about that. <laughs> 35 points uh, for Lex So Luger. I guess, um, so going into this, uh, obviously we don't know the end. We, well, we know the end. But going into this, Luger was built up as this unbeatable force. So uh, I will say the booking going into that last match was really, really good on another level of... Uh, he had a kink in the armor, you know, a little chink in the armor to where um, he his knee went out. So it buckled on him. So he got injured. And that was the only thing that could stop him from becoming the tournament. So I guess they kind of protected themselves a little bit as far as the way they, that he's been booked going into this. Um, I guess I can give him credit for that because it is Flair, Cornette, and company. So, um, so I'd like right to say now, they did it on purpose. No, yeah. And right now, as for right now, it leaves Luger the leader in the points, 35 points. And then Sting with what? Uh, Stinger has 20. 20 and Flair with 25. So, so he, needed Sting, a, he needs a draw. Sting needs to win basically outright to win, win. Yep. As it's our finals of the tag team tournament, the Samoans and the Road Warriors. I don't know that I would have saved this one for last. <laughs> And going into this last match, the Roadies have 20. The Samoans have 30. They got more points than the Road Warriors at this point. And the Steiners at 35. The Steiners are done for the night. So the Roadies have to win out to beat the Steiners. And the Samoans have to do pretty much anything to beat the Steiners. DQ, count out, or pinfall victory will get the Samoans the, the win of the night. You can't tell me that that 30 points wasn't meant for the skyscrapers. There's no way I'm buying... This is moments we're supposed to get 30 and doom zero. Yeah, I'm not buying that either. I'm honestly not sure why they didn't just flip-flop the positions on the card and give doom 30. Do you want to give... I I guess I I agree with you there. I was going to say, do you really want to give doom and the roadies this match? I don't know. That Luger-Muda match, by the way, Demeltz gave it three and a quarter stars. I think he's about on par again. I'll give him that. I didn't like the finish. Yeah. I couldn't give it any more because of that finish. But this is I, like a this is an Iron Man tournament scale. <laughs> yeah, like. yeah. <laughs> like he's being generous because obviously animal no selling a pile driver. That's a first. Obviously, That's you're usually hawk spot. The the theme of the night is just being pegged into a certain booking because of the tournament aspect right. of this. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's really the reason why Luger could only win by DQ there because they needed him to have a certain amount of points. So yep. he had to figure out a way to go into it. I still, I, I don't, you know, I wouldn't even have minded the finish with the DQ and the mist. Had they done it in a point where they were trying to hide it from the referee and the referee saw it, 
instead of Muda just doing it. Like, yeah, here we go. Yeah. See, I thought Gary Hart was on the apron, and uh, no, nobody on the apron. Just because Luger went over that way, like he was going after somebody. I don't know. It just looked it looked bad, and I think that just I think that's a reflection of where Muda was at mentally on that that part right there. He's like, I don't give a shit about this. This is my spot. I got to do it. I'm done. I don't know <laughs> who in their right mind thought it was a good idea to book the Road Warriors in three matches in the same night because Hawk is already looking gassed a minute or so into this one. Ugh, see what I mean? Oh, oh. Just get him out of the ring. Yeah, get Animal back in. I bet that's why Animal took the pile driver spot. He's like, oh, let's do the pile driver spot. You do the pile driver spot tonight. Ugh. Now, Hawk's still in the, the Samoans gimmick right in front of him. He's not even selling the headbutt. Wow. Oh, he's throwing in the dropkick. Now he's probably really gassed. Yeah, but this this does it. If the roadies win, they win it all. If the Samoans win, they win it all. The Steiners are just sitting here <laughs> waiting for both of these guys to go to a draw <laughs> so they can, <laughs> they can win it all. <laughs> And I do not want to see that happen. I am no, not watching this for god, 15 no. minutes. Oh my god. You can cut it short a little bit, but not 10 minutes. Somebody short. tell Gary Michael Capetta <laughs> sh- to shave about 10 minutes off of that draw. I would pay a, I'd pay a I'd pay a fan to run in and can't <laughs> get him out and then there goes 10 minutes. <laughs> I'd much rather see that than these guys trying to figure out how they're going to get 15 minutes. I don't even know if the Road Warriors would have agreed to that. We've seen what happened when they, the roadies <laughs> uh, had to get 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, again, I don't know who thought that was a brilliant idea. I mean, that's way deep into the roadies' career. They should definitely know. But look at Animal. He does not do a <laughs> leapfrog. Stumbles and the gives it, what, three and a quarter? Get the hell out. He's on crack. What was oh, that? Oh, that was These guys terrible. Are apart. Yeah, like I said, man, that was that was rough. Looked like they was talking about how the Samoans like have the advantage because of the draw. They don't have no advantage. They got to work three in a row. They got to work the Road Warriors at the end of the night. That's no advantage at all. <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly. Fatu or Savage, but it looked like they were trying to backdrop, and Animal just stopped, and they tried to give him a backdrop anyway, and they both just kind of fell over. That was awful. Oh my There's god. A, this is a train team. wreck. This is not pretty. Not a good way to close out the tag team portion of the night. The majority of the matches were good for the tag tournament. Yeah, arguably this is the worst match. Uh, the Samoans and Doom wasn't very good either, but this is definitely the worst. I don't know. The Samoans just ain't the same without Samu. Which is funny because I loved Tama in the WWF. I thought he really made the Islanders. I mean, no, no offense to Haku who could murder me with, you know, with by looking at me, but I thought Tama was the you know the high flyer of the two. I mean, obviously he's already blown up here compared to what he looked like just a year prior in the WWF. But yeah, it looks like Tama ate himself, and that's what we got <laughs> yeah. here. So like, Some, if it was Tama t- from the WWF, absolutely, but not this one. I'm blaming the roadies in this match, man. I I think the Samoans still got enough in them to to go here. No, I'm just I don't mind the Samoans. I just I just. Even when, like, even in WWF, when the head shrinkers they lost Sam Moo and got the barbarian, yeah, I got Sioni in there. Like, Raider it's Bomb, just, it's just not the same. So, you just get so accustomed to seeing it. Like, Sam Moo and Fatu were perfect together, 
Ooh, I think we're getting a hot tag already. Thank God. Here we go. Hawk just blew himself up. He sure did, jumping over that top rope. Whatever was left, he lost on that shoulder tackle. Fatu was already in the ring waiting before he could even get down to cover. These guys are ready to be done. (laughs) They were ready to be done before this match started. Oh, wow. What a nasty crotch down. Good. Fatu wasn't. Jesus. Savage. Oh, now there's fuck. Uh, this on. is terrible. Good. Poor positioning everywhere. Hawk with a clothesline. He just did the spot with Butch Reed. The roadies win again. You couldn't even come up with a different finish. And everybody was in the, the wrong place. Bad positioning. That I, that's the third time in the match. Animal just completely fucking. That was terrible. They should be ashamed of themselves. And the Steiners coming to congratulate the Road Warriors, who, yes have won the Iron Team Tournament. Now it all makes sense. Why the Steiners got to pin the roadies earlier? You could hear them right now. We'll let them beat us if we can win it all. The Road Warriors will win with 40 points. The Steiners finish with 35. The Samoans with 30. Doom with zero. So the Road Warriors are the Iron Team. They're the tag team of the 1990s. <laughs> no, they're not. And this is where I think, you know, Cornette always talks about how they kind of con Cactus Jack's way into the company. Jim Hurd saw nothing into Cactus Jack. Ric Flair saw nothing in Cactus Jack, so they booked him as a jobber. But every time he went out there after the match, he'd turn on his jobber partner and drop that elbow off the, off the apron onto the concrete, and he got over. With Hurd not realizing that they were getting Cactus over by making him a jobber. And I felt like they kind of played that game here with the roadies as well, like, yeah, you can win it all, but the Steiners got to beat you. And that's the real story the night the Steiners beat the Road Warriors to me. That's the thing I always used to remember as a kid. Wow, the Steiners beat the Road Warriors. I never thought about who won the, the Iron Team tournament. In fact, I thought the Steiners won when we went into this. Initially, before I took notes, I, when I saw the points, I was like, oh, I thought the Steiners won. So. <laughs> Sting's just had goes, quite the break here. Yeah, yeah Sting's been off you. for a while. It's, uh, yeah, he had enough time to repaint his face. That's probably a good good idea that they did that for him, too. This is the uh, the match of the night, the final match of the night, I should say. Anyway, it's Sting and Flair. They've been uh, best buddies at least since Great American Bash. Of course, they've been on opposite ends of the ring as well, going all the way back to Clash 1 when Flair arguably made Sting, and then Dusty immediately put that on ice and didn't do shit with Sting for the rest of the year, except for team him with, with Dusty, obviously. Got to do that, baby. I got an idea. We got, we're not going to do nothing with you till the bash. And if you're still over, you could team with me. I'll give you a little stardust, baby. Sprinkle a little stardust on you. When, in fact, he was <laughs> taking, sprinkling a little sting dust on Dusty at that point. <laughs> oh, man. Here we go. We made it. This is it, the final match of the night, the final match of the Iron Man tournament. Sting with 20, Ric Flair with 25, Luger with 35. He's leading for now, and poor poor Great Muda is pretty much, he's he's probably left the he's arena by this point. Yeah he's, yeah, he's out of the he's, building. He's out of here. Muda left with a goose egg. He probably had his bag packed and by the door waiting for the Luger match to be done so he can get the hell out of there. And so basically, if you look at things, uh, Luger's got 10 points up on Flair. So Flair needs m- either a count out win or a pinfall 
to be the winner of the Iron Man tournament. Sting has 20. The only way Sting's beating Luger outright right now is if he pins or makes Ric Flair submit. That's basically where we're at right now. One of these two guys have to have to get a victory, basically. Meanwhile, Luger's just kind of kind of got to sit there and wait and see what happens. So, if I'm Lex Luger, and I know this, why don't you just come out and get uh, Ric Flair disqualified so Sting wins by DQ, and then you win the tournament? Yeah, well, he's selling his leg. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's the perfect. That's the best. That's the perfect heel thing to do. These two are trying. That would have been great if they had done match. that early. I would have done that two minutes into the match and then restarted the match. I think the fans oh. deserve a, a better finish for the final of the no. fucking pay per view. But uh, no, I, I think would, that would have been do, great. I would do the match. I'd go fourteen and a half minutes. These dudes are just trying to put on a good and decent match. They're buddies. They're gonna have fun. They're gonna be goody two shoe. And then I gotta think I'm for Lex the Luger, I'm coming out and I'm 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 coming out and I'm gonna cause the DQ. I'm gonna win the tournament by any means necessary. Then I'm gonna beat the shit out of both of them because that's what he does. I feel like the entire Instead point be- though of this tournament is to get a specific guy over and you They did. The wrong guy at that point. I don't uh, know. For for a title change coming up, you know. Sting and I will shoot the half here. Sting gonna pretend like he knows how to wrestle for a minute. That'd have been great. And then his promos, he could easily say that <laughs> instead of trophies, I took out the guys this time. Sting needs to uh, <laughs> step away from trying to wrestle Ric Flair. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, they're playing goody-goody here. Ric Flair sits him on the top rope and gives him the clean break. I don't like that. You don't have to be too dirty, but come on. Let's see a little more uh, competitiveness going on here. This is it. This is for all the marbles. You can't do that 30 seconds in. Who do we got? We got Nick Patrick out here again, right? Okay. Yeah. It's uh, funny how Mike Atkins, I don't think he's been out here since uh, that Steiner's match where he totally missed the finish. (laughs) Probably not. I don't recall seeing him. They really need like a third or fourth ref. Well, they had a, they they just brought Atkins in for you know he's been there not too long as the third man in whenever they needed him, and unfortunately yeah. he you know Nick Patrick slides into the Tommy Young spot and Mike Atkins follow, slides into the Nick Patrick spot and neither guy's as good as the guy behind him. Nick Patrick's a great ref, but he's no Tommy Young, and Mike Atkins is a shitty ref, but he's no Nick Patrick or anyone else for that matter. It's never I, Mike Atkins was there on and off for years too. I don't or it felt like years anyway. Yeah, it's it's always nice to have some dudes in the bullpen, you know. Oh, definitely. Like, what was it? The but some of these guys just don't deserve to be like, working pay per views like yet anyway. Yeah, they were just alternating, and then all of a sudden Tommy Young took the bump, and Nick Patrick had to go like the last three matches, and. He was sweating bullets. Like <laughs> his shirt was soaked. Yeah, he didn't get a was, break. I think it was Nick Patrick took the the mist or something, wasn't it? And somebody, then, one of them did. Yeah. Then, yeah. Then Tommy Young, I think, was. Uh, oh, there's the press spot. We'll be seeing that for the next twenty years. <laughs> I think we see that every now. every every week at least once on Nitro. Oh, 
uh-oh, things get a little heated now. Flair going back to his roots. Remember what Jim Cornette said, if Ric Flair can get back to his roots, he's going to win it all. And as of right now, Terry Funk's prediction's coming true. Luger's in the lead. Sadly, nobody nobody picked Muda, so that was like a foreshadowing. <laughs> nobody wouldn't look that stupid. <laughs> You're doing what oh, with man. him? All right, I'll make sure I don't pick him. They should have they made Joe Pettisino pick him. Oh, man. <laughs> the fans, man. Whatever, it's nice not to have seen Joe Pettisino for this entire right. pay-per-view. We could have made a whole grenade without mentioning Joe Pettisino's name. Sorry, man. The fans, man. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe maybe he did pick Muda. I don't know. I don't pay attention to Joe. Joe knows shit. That's what I'm saying. So if you were to pick Muda, it would have fit that right is, in with the, the... That is one guy I will not miss when we're done with 1989 NWA. It's Joe Pettisino. I didn't mind him in Global from the Global that I've no, watched. No, I, I thought he was fine. There, That's like all. Here, yeah. here, like you mentioned numerous times throughout the years, he's just trying to put himself over his own spin on things. And Ooh, uh, nice job, it doesn't right. work. Cause you have no idea if he's like a heel or a face or what he's trying to do or, or, or what the gimmick is. It's one week he's one thing and the other week he's something else. And it's just like, just give us the damn update without your opinion and shut the hell up, you know? I think some weeks, you know, it's like he needs, you know, he needs that uh, food in his stomach. And some weeks he's hungry and he's pissed off when he gets on there. And then other weeks he's satisfied. <laughs> yeah. He needs a Snickers, I guess. So we got what? We just saw heel versus heel, Luger and Muda. Now we're seeing face versus face. So it's a nice way to, nice dynamic to end the show. Flair takes a big Oh, we had the roadies and the SST in between. Yeah, I tried to forget Ooh. about that one. Yeah. That was the uh that was the piss break of the night for me. Oh yeah. That was the worst match of the card. By far. What's funny is I went I went to a uh one of the WWE's version of Starcade. Um I don't even know what year it was. It was in Cincinnati, and I think the main event was Dean Ambrose versus somebody in a cage match. Uh so Dean Ambrose was home or whatever. And it's for the belt, I believe. But uh, there's like an intermission or a break or some stupid shit. I didn't even know they still did that. But uh, they had a break and they had a poll up, like in beginning of the show. Mm. Go here to vote for what which Sting and Flair match you want to watch. And um, I think they were Starcade matches or just their matches in general. I don't know how many Starcade matches they have. I know they have this one. They have uh, 90, obviously. And. Um, there's one other one, I think. But they, they people pick this one, and I'm like, you freaking picked the match from a tournament, and that meant nothing? <laughs> it didn't make any sense on why this well, one was. Did they legitimately pick it, or did they, did they give him this one no because, because it was the shortest? <laughs> Which is probably... That could have been it. That could have been it, too. But it was just, I think it was Starcade 90. Did they wrestle again on Starcade? Off the top of my head, I don't remember. Uh, they do that, that triangle match, right? That, that one Starcade. Was that Starcade? Yeah, it was Starcade. It might have been on there. Uh, that may have been the third one. I don't know, but I just thought it was awkward that they picked this one, but it was kind of a a landslide. So you're probably right. It's probably gimmicked. Nobody was voting. <laughs> <laughs> so Flair has turned the tide. He's uh, maybe, well, he saw 
Sting went for a clean break, and Flair laid in the boot and threw Sting to the floor. He hasn't let Sting back in the ring yet since then, and now he's going to bring him back in with the suplex. So Flair is channeling those roots that have been mentioned on TV. Getting a little more aggressive, the dirtiest player in the game here on the Stinger. It's almost like Cornette's on the booking committee, and he knows what's coming. <laughs> I'm telling you. I think we're looking for the knee drop here. There it comes. Boom. Patented knee drop. Split you wide open. Flair kind of just standing over his thing. I don't know. Laying it in. Ooh, nice chop. Takes Sting back against the rope there. So, Do we we're know 12, what? 12 matches in. Wow, man. Unbelievable. Oh, wow. Banana splits. Amateur hold. Did Cornette say, like, how he felt about this tournament after it was over? Like, he just talked about that, it in I general. I mean, uh, going in. Go, yeah, Did going in, going like, out. I think it was, uh, I don't know that he commented. Cornette, when he brings, oh, here we go. Flair's just trying some quick pinfalls now. Um, Cornette, Typically, man, when he's talking about something, he tells you what he likes. Uh, if he likes something going in or, or or he hates it, it's pretty much the general consensus all the way through it. Like he's he's never surprised at the end, like pleasantly surprised. So no, I mean, so I mean, like, did I don't know? I don't know what I'm mean. really trying to add. Like, did he? I know it's a did he change idea. his mind it's after it played cool. out? No, I don't think so. I think he thought it was a shit idea, and it, it killed Muda and it killed Doom, which we saw. Well. Doom had a resurgence. A lot of that, I think, thanks to losing the masks and getting Teddy Long. It made him feel different. When did they do that? Uh, well, they lost the mas uh, masks to the Steiners at the Clash coming up. Now, I don't know the exact week or whenever Teddy Long takes over off the top of my head. I didn't realize it was that quick after their debut that they lost the mask. Yeah, they'll drop them at a, at a, at a Clash. So, I mean, I, you can tell, like, they're uncomfortable under them. Like, they're always fidgeting with them or they move or it just seems awkward for them. So, um, and then they have the great feud with the horsemen. So, all's not lost for Doom, but obviously, can't, same can't be said for Muda. Right. And Muda's fine. He'll go to Japan and become a legendary star there, so. Yeah, he's okay. I think he did well for himself. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. I'd say so. Oh, Stinger with a near fall. Flair's got to be careful. Doesn't he win the NBA title, too? Or the big gold? Wins it once, right? Yeah, I think they switch it around. Chono, he, Rude. He I stole it off uh, right. Barry Windham at Starcade 92. Or is that Chono? He eliminates Barry Windham in the, to win Battle Bowl at Starcade. Oops, Sting, no selling the chops. Huh. When is uh, he? Rick going to backtrack a little bit now. That's what it was. Hinton at a heel turn. And he's backing off. Luring the sting. Oops, stink. Lots of slingshot sunset flips today. Oh, Flair was going to give a tribute to Arn there for a second, I thought. The Aloha. No, I think it, what it is is just a way to kind of catch a guy off guard and try to get a win. That's all everybody's trying to do is just win. So they're using all these different pin combinations that you, right. you see, but you don't see it this much. So everybody's just trying to get wins, it feels like. 
Well, I know there's about seven minutes left in the entire pay-per-view, so I know time limit-wise, they got to be running short, so it makes sense at this point. Go for pins quick and often. Sting suplexes Flair back inside this time. What's Kevin Nash always say? I don't get paid by the hour. <laughs> um, I'm sure Kevin Nash says that. Because that sounds like something Kevin Nash would say. <laughs> well, I was to build the Survivor Series. He's going to go in there and make it, get it done as quick as he can and be done that's with right. it. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Sting. <laughs> so Flair's not necessarily playing a heel here, but he's still begging off like the heel and Sting in the corner now mounting him for the 10 punches. So Sting's doing a lot of no-selling of the chops and things, so it's reminiscent of uh, their matches in the past. Somebody had to play the role. It only makes sense for Flair to do that. And of course, foreshadowing what's to come as well with the heel turn in early 90. Stinger Splash! That one was kind of ugly. Man, I, I hate Jim Hurd for making your boy cut his hair. Look at those locks. Who cut whose hair? Oh, Ric Flair? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Dude had gray hair. Look at that. Scorpion flare right in the... Oh, wow. That was fast. He didn't even let Sting lock it in. They didn't even have to sell it. Just right in the ropes immediately from the Scorpion Deathlock. Now Flair's turn. Boom. Right to the leg of Sting. And you know what that means. Figure four, baby. So they trade their finishers. Flair gets his locked in the middle of the ring, though. But if they don't want to draw... Flair looks like he's inching to the rope. Well, Sting got to the ropes. thought Flair was trying to get there to grab the ropes for some leverage, but... Sting got there first for the break. We gotta be coming down to the wire at this point, I'd have to think. Five minutes left in the entire pay-per-view. That's not just the match. Of course, the uh, show goes off the air abruptly during an interview with Gordon Sully. It's just NWA its best. Flare to the leg of the stinger. Boom. The whole crowd's standing up. They're almost like they're sensing that it's almost over, too. Like everybody is well, standing. Well, you got to remember, Gary Capetta's on the mic. He's counting them down. So there's probably you yeah. know, a couple minutes left in the Well, as soon as Sting put that um, scorpion on, the whole crowd stood up and was looking at the apron or the aisle to see if Ole and Arn were coming. Looking for the run, huh? Run in. Maybe they were looking for Lex, according to you. No, no. Well, yeah, Flair's, Flair's favorite moves here, the old bridge up into the... Flair yeah, always loved when he could Lex. work somebody that can do that. Two. That Lex booking would have been money. I think you need a pinfall here. Stand up here, man. They never get what they need. <laughs> we wrestle. <laughs> oh, Flair man. going back to the leg. Going to finish it off with the figure nah, four? I agree. Flair would not let that happen. He, They're not going to let that happen. If it was Dusty, I could see it, but not not Flair. Oh, Dusty would have came up with a way to screw everyone. Screw Luger and Flair and Sting somehow. Dusty would figure out how to get Dusty to win when not even being in the you, tournament. Yeah, not even in the tournament. I got more points, <laughs> baby. Just slide that five over here. Uh-oh. <laughs> Give me that four. Here we go again. Figure four time. Flair's looking for it. 
Up, Sting with the cradle. One, two, three. Three, yes, sir! Sting is winning! Sting has beat Flair! Sting is the winner! Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the match and the entire singles tournament is Sting! Flair was right in his face. Flair was right up in his face. I thought he was going to go right after him after that match was over. He's still going back to him. Here comes the Andersons in there. The horsemen are in the ring. What's going on here? Ole and Arn Anderson in the ring. You better get out of there, Sting. Flair shook his hand. That is class. What's Arn Anderson doing here? So they tease it right there that the horsemen are getting ready to become the horsemen again. Kind of like how the Midnights just turn back heel. The horsemen kind of tease like that's what they're about to do. And then, no, they shake Sting's hand and raise it. And Arn even shows the sign of the figure four. Sting's the fourth member of the horsemen. For right now, Pretty anyway. Cool. Yeah? Hear the pop? Yeah, that was that was something else. Sting that's definitely the most no over guy a, on the card. No no doubt about it. Sting is just over. I think that's a crocket crowd, man. That's the NWA. They're ready for the horsemen to be back. We're down. They the ride end. again. This is the end of the show. Gordon, Sol- they're throwing it to Gordon Sully to, to interview the road warriors. And then he's supposed to interview sting. Of course they run short on time. You see, there's like a minute left in the entire pay-per-view. The credits start rolling here in the middle of this nonsense with Hawk. <laughs> if you want to listen for a moment, I don't know who the iron men are. The road warriors. We come out to that tune. Every stinking match, and we lived up to it. Every stinking match, and tonight we did it again for you and for us. You know, Sunday Garden Sully, the most diehard fans in the wrestling world are right here in Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you so very much, gentlemen. I'm going to try and get. Uh, the winner of the single tournament over here in just a moment. Precious Paul Ellering, of course, manager of the Road Warriors, and as soon as Sting makes it on site, well, I will be ready to go. Sting is making his way. You know some Gordon Sully, the average football player, maybe plays 11 minutes in an entire game. We're out here busting our butts for no less than 30 minutes at a time. If we are real athletes, then I don't So if you ask me, the pay-per-view cuts off at the exact perfect time as Gordon Sully's just about to talk to Sting. So, so we don't have to listen to the Sting promo, but we do hear Ric Flair say, I've said it a thousand times to be the man. You got to beat the man. And he guesses Sting is the man. And it does push Sting into that next echelon back up to the main event. Not that he wasn't there, but now the world title, obviously, which is where we're going next. Yeah, definitely a good way to end it. Too bad it wasn't on screen. <laughs> Animal, we go no less than thirty minutes. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> ooh, that was a stretch. We saw you go five uh, minutes, and that was more than enough for the Samoans. <laughs> you know, Dave Meltzer wow. gave that Samoans and Rhodes match one star. I think he was being generous there. 
Hogan Andre is a dud, but that shit fest botch fest was. <laughs> By the way, star. match of the night, at least according to the Melts, was Flair and Sting with four and a quarter stars. I don't know if I agree with that uh, as being the match of the night, but Luger and Flair was pretty good, and Luger and Muda was pretty good. Flair and Sting was Sting. also. Uh, they were, uh, to be honest, all the single matches were pretty good. None of them were really duds, right? Um, and I, like I said, like, you know, I think Flair knew terrible. what he was doing with Muda at the pay per view, so to make sure we got the good match and we got it on World Championship Wrestling, they went about sixteen minutes in that one. So we yeah. still got to see a Flair and Muda match before Muda was on his way out. So the final standings in the Iron Team Tournament or the Iron Man Tournament, sorry, was Sting with forty, so he just outlasted Luger with thirty five, and then Flair winds up with twenty five and. Muda with a zero. That's uh, pretty much it. That's the end of the show. That's the end of our final watch along of 1989, Steve. It was fun. The matches weren't bad. Uh, you only really had one real bad stinker. Right. It's just the tournament is so underwhelming. It's it's like <laughs> it's like the AEW bomb explosion, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> we had such a great year for the most part of 1989 once you get past you know uh who the hell was george it that scott? was booking earlier george yeah george scott. Scott. i couldn't even think right. i was thinking jim herford's george scott once well, you get jim past that, been there the whole time he just wasn't selling man right it, it really is and everything's really so good and every big match or every big show was big and it felt big this one just felt lackluster it, it, it was throwaway it was um yeah I think it was. It just, it just, it was. It's a disservice to 1989 to be topped off with Starcade. That was a tournament. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's just, just terrible. Poor placement for this idea. You want to do a gimmick like this? That's fine. I just felt like Starcade was the wrong place to do it. This is your WrestleMania up to this do point. Do we have anyway. to clash after the rest yeah. after Starcade? I mean, yep. just the next clash. Just do it there. Right. It may not have popped a rating for your clash, but. You don't do this on a pay-per-view. It's so, not what you do for pay-per-view. Here we are, Lex Luger. He didn't get the win, but he's right underneath Sting. They're both over Ric Flair. Do you think Ric Flair didn't plan that on purpose? He gave himself two contenders, Ric Flair uh, with Sting and Luger here. They're both finished with more points than the Nature Boy. And then, of course, on the other end, the Roadies, yes, they won the Iron Team Tournament, but the Steiners pinned they the Roadies. Right. The Steiners pinned the Roadies during the pay-per-view. So even though the roadies can claim they are the iron team, they did lose a match by pinfall to that other team over there. So that's also a question. So there's a lot of good booking in between all of the, what we had to deal with here as far as the iron Ironman tournaments go on this card. But that was, it was okay for what it was. So a lot of, like you said, there wasn't really one, there was only one bad match out of 12, one really bad match. Yeah. I should say out of 12 and the, ma- it, the matches and the talent is good. It's just, the tournament, man. It, it really I'm disappointed that we didn't get to see Sid wrestle three times in one night. But <laughs> good, bad, or indifferent, that would have been. Yeah, that would have been. That's what I mean. I just <laughs> would have loved to have seen what would happen when Sid got in the ring with some of these guys. <laughs> oh my god, he probably would have been on the apron a lot. So that would have. Uh, that's unfortunate that the skyscrapers didn't make it here, but you can't really control that. It is what it is, and eh, the Samoans replaced them. It was okay. I would have liked to have seen the Midnights instead, but we're on our way to one more episode to close out 1989. It's three weeks of NWA goodness closing out the month of December in 89, and then we will be done. No more recapping. Well, unless you count recapping the entire year in one episode, that'll be quick and easy, though, as we just kind of go over some things and give away a few awards to some deserving people. 
that have come and gone throughout the course of 1989 here in the NWA. Appreciate you sticking around here, Steve, for nearly three hours as we covered Starcade. It was fun. Uh, I always enjoy the watch-alongs. It's pretty, it really, like, if we can get through Uncensored, we can get through anything. So um, <laughs> this, was, this was cake compared to that. I didn't mind it, but this is one of those pay-per-views I never go back and watch. I, I know I haven't sat down Same and watched here. this entire thing since I probably rented the tape in the early 90s after watching it. I like that I'm able to be forced to sit down and watch some of these again. You, you appreciate it more. You, you see all these stories here in between. I, that mm-hmm. Luger in Muda match, I would have never realized how good it was for what it was. I get on these kick where I want to watch some Starcades, and then I'm like, I pull up 89. I'm like, yeah, I haven't watched this in a long time. And then I, as soon as I turn it on, I realize it's the Iron Man tournament, and I just turn it off because <laughs> it means nothing to me. Like I said, it's a, it's a very bad ending to a wonderful year of NWA. Well, we do have three more weeks of TV. Let's see if they can make it up to us <laughs> before we close it out with a couple of good <laughs> matches. Like I said, I do believe there's a Luger and Sting match on one of the shows and, I don't know, some other goodies hopefully in there as well. But, uh, yeah, absolutely, man. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate you knocking another one out, and we'll see what happens when we move into another promotion, another year, some more watch-alongs, some more fun. But and we can't get there until we finish out December of 89, so that's what we're going to do next week. Sounds like a plan. All right, guys. Thank you so much for sticking with us and uh, joining us for the final WWE Network watch along here in 1989 and the Wrestling Memory Grenade. We'll be back again next week. It's the final week of the NWA. Join us.